Listen, you smell something? Human emotions are materializing in the form of a viscous psychoreactive plasm with explosive supernormal potential. What a discovery, a psychoreactive substance. Do you know what this equipment is used for? Boggle or Super Mario Brothers? We'll have fun! Yeah! Yes, you're doing it. Really, quite good work there. My friend, don't be a jerk. We've got no choice. Call a Ghostbuster. Super Jackpot! Welcome to Extraplasm Podcast. It's the only podcast on the internet that's been brainstorming the makings of a paranormal hammock to be sold at REI stores, so everyone might sleep four feet above their covers if they want to. I'm your host, Jim Maritato, aka Vink Maniac on the internet, and I'm excited to be talking with you this week as we invite a previous guest and friend of the podcast back to the microphone for a fun conversation about Halloween and Ghostbusters collecting and lots more. From the great white north of Canada, Chris Stewart, aka Proton Charging on the internet, is joining us. And of course, Chris is also co-host of the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross Rib with Troy Benjamin. It was really great to catch up with Chris, as I haven't had a chance to talk with him in a while, and he was originally slated to be one of the guests for our episode 46 Ghostbusters Afterlife commentary, and we were in the midst of working that out when we realized we had a schedule conflict uh, a while back. So um, it's really great to get a chance to talk with Chris, to have him on for his first episode of Extraplasm uh, in a second year of Extraplasm, and hopefully not his last uh, and I say that, you know, jokingly, because in all seriousness, it's always kind of fun for me to talk with Chris and with Troy when he's been on, because both Chris and Troy are primary influences that led to Extraplasm. They are people who made a great podcast that I really loved and still love when it's on. Um, and when it went on hiatus, it's sort of what led Extraplasm to happen. Uh, so it's kind of a bit like getting to play music with a band that inspired you to buy a guitar. <laughs> but I also want to say that, you know, Chris and Troy have always been very supportive of Extraplasm uh, and been very helpful in helping to, you know, provide some insights about it to help get the word out about it. So it's always really fun to talk with them. I had a lot of joy uh, and a joyful experience talking with Chris, and I hope that some of that joy comes through for you as you're listening to the conversation this week. But before we can get into that conversation with Chris, just as we do every week, we need to talk about some Ghostbusters headlines. Still making headlines all across the country, the Ghostbusters are at it again. Today, the entire eastern seaboard is alive with talk of incidents of paranormal activity. Fun in topic today, ghosts and ghostbusting. Extra plasm, read all about it. Ghostbusters headlines coming at you. So I'm going to be honest with you for a moment and say that this week I feel like we're in kind of a lull um, with a lot of Ghostbusters media that's not really ripe yet but that will be out by the end of the month, uh, though not necessarily anything film-related. I'm hopeful for a trailer, or maybe even just a title reveal this month, but I'm also not necessarily holding my breath. Uh, <laughs> with the movie news of this past week, there, well, there really isn't any, except that the Writers Guild strike is actually now resolved. It's been voted on, so the writers can go back to work, which is great, um, and everybody gets better compensation, and hopefully moving forward, things are better. Uh, they get to revisit that contract in three years, so hopefully we won't do this again in three years and people will have better situations. And the talks between the AMPTP and Screen Actors Guild are resuming on Wednesday of this week, so you know, hopefully the strikes are going to be wrapping up, which means that you're going to have the ability for actors to be out doing more promotion things and uh, you know, potentially ADR that needs to be recorded, maybe getting done, etc. So hopefully we're going to see more mom momentum on movie making pretty soon. Um, but I'm not necessarily expecting anything this month. I do know that like New York Comic Con is happening this month. And so there's been some sort of like talk between folks I've been speaking with who have said, hey, remember how Afterlife 
kind of just got shown at New York Comic Con once. Uh, and you know how like they showed 35 minutes of a Spider-Verse movie there once? And I, I don't even think Sony is going to New York Comic Con this year. Um, I've been looking to see who the exhibitors are and I don't see them on the uh, docket of folks. That doesn't mean that maybe they don't have a panel that I don't know about, but I really don't necessarily expect to see anything at New York Comic Con this year um, related to Ghostbusters. We'll see. Um, you know, there's again, I didn't expect to see much in the way of Toy Fair for Ghostbusters, yet I was talking about some weird stretch Armstrong Gujitsu thing uh, last week. So um, we'll see what happens in New York Comic Con. Uh, there may be nothing, but we'll, I can say this even if we're not getting any movie news this month, uh, or rather this week, because we maybe we will by the end of the month. Who knows? But even if we don't, by the end of this month, we still know there's a bunch of other media that's coming out. The difference is that it's not movie media or cartoon media. It's video game content. Uh, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed is still expected to have a DLC release this month that features Sam Hain has new dialogue and new story to it. Um, so not just like the DLCs they've done with a character release. Uh, and a level release, but rather this has some new narrative components to it. And that's likely going to happen, I would have to say, in the next week or so, given that the DLC expands upon a narrative as Ilphonic celebrates its one-year anniversary of the game's release on the 18th. And the Ecto Edition is coming to Nintendo Switch this month, and its digital release date, like via Nintendo's website, is the 19th. So, um, while there's no official Ghostbusters film news, it's likely that you're going to have a new DLC and potentially some new 25 minute Ghostbusters playthrough story um, that will show up in the next few weeks. So that's kind of exciting. And I'm looking forward to that. Um, you know, Spirits Unleashed is an interesting game and it's fun. And I hopefully, hopefully the DLC maybe, maybe might fix the trap glitch that's letting people break out of the trap over and over. Please, Ilphonic. <laughs> but if nothing else, we're going to get to see Sam Hain, which is kind of fun because When's the last time you saw Sam Hain in anything um, that anybody picked up that character and did anything? It has to be what extreme Ghostbusters. So um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really eager to see what's going to be coming out of that and to see what Ilphonic has up their sleeve over, you know, after a year of producing this game and um, getting people really excited and on board with it. And with the Ecto edition coming out, you've got a whole new swath of players who are going to be coming in uh, from a different platform who've not had the chance to experience it. So it should be pretty exciting. And following on the heels of the go the anniversary of Spirits Unleashed, uh, the new End Dreams VR title, Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord, will also release by the end of the month as well, uh, with the anticipated release date of October 26th. We got to find out a little bit more about that this week, uh, because beyond the trailer and limited demo footage that we've seen in the last few weeks, Sony announced via social media that they had new information to share on Monday. And the latest information that's been posted to Ghostbusters.com slash VR uh, illustrates that there's going to be two different editions of that game. One will be a standard edition, and the second will be a full containment edition. And apparently the full containment edition is going to include four different equipment skins, ten additional playable avatars, something called the Slimer Hunt feature and collectible, which I'm not 100% sure on what that is, but, um, you know, I mean... Hunt Slimer. That sounds how could that be bad um, unless you're Slimer? And there's apparently additional bonus content listed here. Uh, the key thing I noticed in this listing of stuff that you can find over at Ghostbusters.com slash VR is that they discuss the idea that you can pre-order now to get the full containment edition for a limited time, uh, meaning that you have to like that. I'm, I'm guessing potentially you unlock some of these other things through gameplay and you get this early by doing the 
um, you know, by by paying up front for it. But they talk about the idea that you get a full game plus six months of upcoming DLC and bonus content at a discounted price. Now, Spirits Unleashed, its platform model has been that you get the DLC for free. They've We've never had to pay for it. You pay for the game once and that's it. We've not actually had to shell out money for a DLC and it's been offered to us as part of what came with, you know, your your license for the for the game the download it and play it. Whereas this is sounding a bit like uh, potentially the model for the VR game is going to be that you may have to pay for additional content and that over the course of, you know, several months, if you are buying this full containment edition, you can get a discount because you'll get the first six months of upcoming DLC for included in what you're paying. So. Um, this is still a little vague and unclear to me as to how that's going to work. Um, and I wish there was a little more concrete explanation there, but it is what it is. It's kind of interesting. If you're going to be getting this thing, you may want to look at the full containment edition rather than the standard, because it's going to get you access to these other playable avatars, the skins, um, and whatever a Slimer hunt is, as well as the DLC. You can do that. If you go to ghostbusters.com slash VR, there's two links there, um, that will let you pre-order with a discount. If you're on MetaQuest, you can pre-order for $5 off. And if you're on PlayStation VR 2, you can pre-order for 10% off. Again, that game's coming out on the 26th of October. And it, it, it looks to be pretty interesting. I'm not really sure, you know, how um, the story mode's going to play out. And I don't think we're really going to know until the game comes out. But I also think it's kind of weird. Like, it's a VR game. So um, what can you really see what that experience is like if you go watch it on a YouTube video or... Do you really need to, you know, kind of get behind the equipment to play it? So and one final thing to sort of remind folks is that if you're on the MetaQuest 3 and you're buying that version of it for the latest per- version of hardware, uh, they have announced that there's going to be a specific mini puffed mayhem game that's essentially like got mixed reality capabilities that makes it look like you have mini puffs invading in your own house. Um, which is kind of exciting. So, I mean, to me, like, that's like, I just want to have that. I don't even need a whole game. Just give me the ability to put on goggles and then imagine that mini puffs are storming across my bedroom or, um, invading my kitchen. That's kind of fun. Uh, but you know, if you're into this, if you're, I I have to say, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to play this or get an access to it because I don't have any VR equipment and I'm probably not going to shell out money just to go um, play this. I know I joked about how I was going to, but after looking what the cost of doing so would be, I'm kind of like, well, that would be foolish. Uh, but, um, I, I would be eager to try this. If anybody has access to a meta quest or a PlayStation two VR around the California, Southern California area, who wants to, um, give, give me an opportunity to give that a shot. I would be down for it. Uh, but you know, I I'm, I'm eager to see what this looks like and how it plays. And, I have to say, like, I don't really know if there's ever been another like I think there's one other Ghostbusters VR game that came out for like 2016 that has Patton Oswald voicing Moogly in it. That's kind of more like a tech demo than anything else. So this might be like the first actual like interactive at home Ghostbusters VR game. Um, you know, there's been things like The Void and there's been things like Hollowgate. But uh, it's kind of interesting that like this may be opening like a new avenue of entertainment that. I don't, I don't know what we've really done before this kind of immersive you play as a Ghostbuster hands on at home kind of thing. The closest thing I can think of would be Ghostbusters, the video game or Spirits Unleashed. So uh, it's a pretty interesting thing, if nothing else. Let's talk about some merch news for a couple moments. Perhaps the most head scratching merch news of the week, uh, and I'm going to be honest with you, kind of inspired my conversation with Chris Stewart, is that sports supplement brand EHP Labs announced they will be releasing a line of nine Ghostbusters themes products 
in three different flavors. Uh, Stack3D.com and Ghostbusters News Report. There's a new collaboration between EHP Labs uh, and Ghostbusters that includes a proton plasma uh, flavor and a Slimer flavor for a variety of their different products, including something called Oxy Shred Fat Burner, Oxy Shred Energy Drink, uh, their Oxy Greens Superfood Formula, something that's called um, Beyond BCAA EAA. I'm sorry for some of you out there right now who like lift weights and stuff. They're like, dude, what are you doing? And I'm like, clearly not going to the gym. Um, <laughs> these are all products that are going to be made in proton plasma flavor and Slimer flavor that have, uh, you know, a big cartoon Slimer on the, the container. Uh, this is kind of funny because it's like I was thinking about this, that this is a situation where they are absolutely trying to emulate and appeal to people who are like fans of Ecto Cooler because they've made this uh, proton plasma flavor be tangerine and they made Slimer lime. And they're like, it's like Ecto Cooler because that's tangerine and lime. Um, but what's so funny to me is that like, if you are taking this seriously as somebody who wants to go do a ton of working out, I don't imagine that you're the kind of person who would ever sit down and drink Ecto Cooler. Um, it's really weird to me. This is, I have to be a hundred percent real with you. This is what kind of motivated my conversation with Chris. And we're going to talk about it during, uh, you know, our, the conversation with him in a bit. So I don't want to bury the lead, uh, or, you know, or sort of just tell you everything that Chris and I already talk about with relationship to this. But, you know, there's one more entry in this that's a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man themed mini puffs um, marshmallow flavor of their blessed plant protein. I looked at this originally and said, who is this for? And jokingly said Matt Cardona. Um, <laughs> so because that's who I would know who lifts enough weights that they would need this. Who's a huge Ghostbusters fan. Um, and this isn't to put down on anybody who's like out there doing, you know, working out. And who's like, I need a pre-workout solution that also I can call ectoplasm. That's fine. Great for you. Um, I just thought this was so weird because I'm so used to seeing Slimer and Ghostbusters characters used to market, for lack of a better word, junk food, right? Like soda, ecto cooler, candy, fast food, Zaxby's, you know, chicken sandwiches. Uh, so to suddenly see Ghostbusters thrown onto supplement bottle seemed really strange to me. And I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about it still, because I'm I kind of feel like, you know, that maybe it's not OK to if, if it's not OK, you know, if, if it's not OK to put Slimer on a container of, uh, say, Ecto Cooler at this point, like they didn't with the 2016 movie. But it is OK to put Slimer on a canister of supplements. What does that say about normalizing supplements for kids? And, you know, that's a big debate that we could have. We won't right now. Um, especially cause you're not here to have it with me. Sorry. <laughs> but the point being that, um, it's kind of a strange, um, I don't know, just a strange branding to me. It's a product line that I would not have imagined. Uh, probably anyone told me that this was happening. I would have thought it was a lie <laughs> and someone was just doing a put on to me, but here it is. So if you're interested in these products, you can find out more about them from EHP labs, um, where you can, you know, where you can find retailers to pick these things up. Um, there are again, nine different products that you can check out that are going to be opportunities for you to feel Ghostbusters E while you also get your workout in. Um, so, and if this is something for you, if you lift weights, if this is something that you are a person who regularly takes energy drinks and things, then maybe this is something uh, you'll appreciate. I will point out to you though, that the only way you can get that ecto, ecto cooler flavor is if you buy both the proton plasma and the Slimer and you put it together so you get your tangerine and lime. So uh, I guess the first person to figure out how to combine those things together to get the most authentic 
ecto cooler recipe, we'll have to forward that off to either uh, extraplasm at you know podcast at gmail.com uh, or off to Ghostbusters news so that that way we can have yet one more ecto cooler recipe. But now with uh, even harder to source ingredients uh, p- p- potentially. Um, I also want to make talk about a, a couple of different items at a merchandise level that aren't things that you can eat or consume. And uh, among those things, Ghostbusters News had an exclusive uh, at the beginning of last week, right after we went to uh, went to air, right after the podcast came out, that the uh, Swedish watch brand Triwa, T-R-I-W-A, which I may be mispronouncing, and if I am, I'm sorry, uh, has crossed the streams, as he says, with Ghostbusters. Uh, Jason from Ghostbusters News had an exclusive look at this officially licensed collection of uh, watches that are coming out. You should go take a look at these because they're really cool. Um, they're around $169 to $189, so they're a little like higher end if you're a person who normally buys a watch at Target. Um, but these are watches that look really sharp. Uh, they look really awesome. They have straps that can either come in black or in a haunting seaweed green, as Jason puts it. Um, and they glow in the dark because how could they not? That's so cool. That Like if you have a Ghostbusters watch, why wouldn't it glow in the dark? Um, really kind of neat, really cool stuff that's coming out, um, for a pre-launch event, October 20th with an estimated, uh, arrival in the second week of November. So if you haven't seen these already, the only place to go take a look at them right now is Ghostbusters news. So head over there and take a look at the Triwell watches because, um, I'll be honest, like I'm as much as I joke that I don't need a watch in my life because I have a cell phone. I also routinely find myself looking to see where I put my cell phone down in my house so I can see what time it is. So um, maybe I should get a watch. <laughs> if you're not looking to put something on your wrist to wear and you want to put something on your face, uh, you can find the brand new Slimer mask at Fun Costumes, aka HalloweenCostumes.com. This is a uh, brandy new Slimer mask. Nobody knew this was coming. This was something Jason from Ghostbusters News has a video of that you should totally go watch where he's dressed as a giant Twinkie. Um, because he bought a Twinkie costume from the internet too. And then he puts on this mask and reviews it along with the, uh, weird, goofy, uh, terror dog mask that Halloween costumes has out. But this is a pretty cool, I gotta say, it's kind of a a better Slimer mask than I've seen in a long time because it's, you know, got, it looks like Slimer. It's got a really good sculpt to it. It's really well painted, but probably one of the best parts about it is that most of the Slimer masks that are out there have like gaping holes in them for your face to stick out. Like there's the weird one that like your head basically just you wear it as a hat and his jaws around your chin and <laughs> it's like your face is just in his mouth. Uh, but there's a bunch of masks like this that don't really work well for Slimer. Um, and some of them have like eye holes that are cut behind latex where you can't see. What's cool about this one is they actually put the eye holes inside of mesh and that mesh is the back of Slimer's mouth. So your face essentially sits behind where his tongue would be, et cetera. Uh, but you can see out the mesh and see out, you know, see it and walk around, et cetera. So, um, it's a pretty cool idea actually, because it eliminates the problem of a Slimer mask that doesn't look, you know, like a, like a full Slimer. It looks like this, just somebody wearing a hat or part of it. Like it looks like somebody wearing a, uh, a Slimer, like as a toque or something. It's very strange, but not this, this looks way more awesome. You can go check it out again. Go watch Jason's video. Cause it's funny. Um, but if you go to ghostbustersnews.com, you'll certainly find it there. But if you just want to go buy it, um, you can go through to Halloween and grab it for 49 99. 
In other merch news and what I'm going to call like discount corner, um, which is not going to be a real segment, I don't think, but we'll see. Maybe I'll decide that it is and I'll get some weird musicals thing. It seems like discount stores are like ruling the day all of a sudden on Ghostbusters merchandise because I keep talking about Five Below and Ross Dress for Less in the last few weeks as places to find Ghostbusters Halloween themed stuff. Uh, but as it turns out, if you've been looking for the remote control 4x4 from uh, Jada Toys that was like an Ecto-1, but if it was a big, giant, you know, like monster truck, that thing has turned back up at Ross Department Stores, a.k.a. Ross Dress for Less. Um, Ghostbusters News reported on this, and you can go out and look for it at a Ross location near you. Again, Ross is one of those places where you can't really buy the stuff online. You've just got to find it in store by your house. But that is a thing that originally was retailing for $59.99 when it first showed up, I believe, at like Walmart, uh, maybe. Now you can find it at Ross for $39.99. So if you have been looking for, you know, an RC 4x4 vehicle uh, to make your next Ecto for your, you know, diorama, you can go and grab that now from Ross Dress for Less. Uh, And the other discount item that's out there is that five below stores have yet another t-shirt available uh, this time for the low, low price of $5 and 55 cents. This is a retro style design that has uh, like the ghostbusters and a bunch of different pastel colors looking like neon and things uh, and a black and white photo that's been dressed up with like sort of laser colors. This is a shirt that if you've can't find it at five below you can absolutely find it Kohl's um, I actually posted a link to this in the Instagram stories on Monday uh, for extraplasm and something that has been out for a while so both of these items are like not new necessarily as much as they are newly available at a discount chain and to be real for five dollars and 55 cents how could you wrong go wrong on a t-shirt uh, the one thing I will say is that Jason from Ghostbusters News points out that He's got reports that the measurements on the shirt run small. So if you are buying it, you may want to buy one size bigger if you find it at a five below. But I mean, let's be real. Less than six dollars for a Ghostbusters shirt. Not a bad situation. So um, if you can pick one up and find it, go ahead. Let's talk about unofficial Ghostbusters merchandise for a couple moments. Not that much to talk about this week, but um, Chinese brick manufacturer Mold King has uh, decided to put out a Ghostbusters 2016 uh, set. When I say brick manufacturer, I mean like toy bricks. So not just like, hey, they make bricks. But uh, this is one of those companies that essentially knocks off Lego and makes a, I don't want to say inferior version of a product, but makes, you know, a copy of a Lego brick. Um, It's one of those things about Lego bricks is that there's lots of different companies that knock them off. And if you've ever seen different companies that um, you know, make the Ghostbusters firehouse. That's, I don't think Mold King does that one, but uh, Mold King tries to be a little bit more legit. This is not a company that put the Ghostbusters logo on something because they don't have the license. So um, that's worth considering. But uh, they have an item out called the Ghost Hunter Bus, which has apparently 2,468 pieces and has essentially recreated the Cadillac Fleetwood from Ghostbusters 2016. It has doors that open and close. It has a, a you know roof rack that's relatively accurate to what's in the movie in terms of the uh, items that you build, etc. It's got a really detailed interior and essentially it kind of takes notes from the um, Ecto-1 that came out for Afterlife. Um, in fact, I believe that if you look at the uh, stickers that come with it, it has similar stickers, 
but not the ghost logo. So, and not the Ecto one license plate either, which is another key thing to think about here that if you do want to pick this up and you want to make it look like ghostbusters, you're going to need to pick up at least a couple repro Lego, uh, you know, door logos probably from another set in order to make that happen. But, um, I have to say, I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of ghostbusters 2016. I'm not like that car is not the thing I think of as my Ecto one, but looking at this set, uh, depending upon its build quality, it, it actually looks kind of cool. So, um, again, that's me by mold King, um, uh, not mold as in like the green stuff that grows on bread when you leave it out for too long or something, but M O U L D King. Um, you can find the P again, the set is called ghost hunter bus. And if you want to find photos of it, you can go to ghostbusters news. Uh, but Jason uh, has made a choice not to link to that, given that it is a, uh, pretty directly bootleg product. <laughs> that is knocking off Lego. So, um, but you can go take a look at it if you want and then hunt for it yourself. I'm sure that Google will lead you there. And lastly, this week, I want to tell you about something you should go take a look at, or actually two things to go take a look at if you haven't already, uh, that are not merchandise, nothing you need to buy, but something you can put in your eyeballs or in your ear holes that'll make you feel, I don't know, maybe more Ectobery. Um, first off is if you haven't already seen it, you can go take a look at D Geister Jaeger's setup uh, from a recent convention that Ghostbusters News has coverage of that is just freaking absolutely amazing. Um, I'm, I'm always amazed by the German Ghostbuster groups. Uh, and in particular, D Geister Jaeger took, you know, they're like a consortium or a group of different Ghostbusters fans from around Germany who took like four years off from conventions between COVID and between just kind of taking a break from a year. Um, and in that time, they have built an amazing array of things from mini puffs that are animatronic and burst their way out of a bag of marshmallows uh, to a haunted house that you can essentially walk through that's a recreation of the Eldridge Mansion to a freaking um, simulator of sitting in a gunner seat and chasing after Muncher with an interactive video screen and a Neutrona wand. Um, this is an amazing project that they put together that every time I look at the video of it, I'm like, I want to go to Germany and just hang out and like play with their stuff. Um, and in this case, it's something that was totally like a multinational effort. The Alberta Ghostbusters apparently contributed as well uh, by taking GoPros and like shooting the footage, driving through the same route, right, that the Ecto-1 had to go through for Afterlife when they were filming in Canada to get the footage for this uh, simulation that, you know, or simulator they made. So if you haven't seen this already on Ghostbusters News, please go check it out because it's pretty awesome. And the other thing I want to tell you about that's out there uh, to go take a look at that's pretty cool is, you know, John Yurkaba was on last week talking about October um, and his plans for October have been a little bit turned upside down by the fact that while we were recording the podcast, this computer died. Um, and so it kind of shifted what he's doing. And I think you're going to see some artwork from John coming out uh, relatively soon. But in the meantime, if you're trying to get your October fix, I want you to know that October is bigger than one artist. Uh, there's, you know, a variety of different Ghostbusters themed artists who are out there doing uh, artwork right now. And one of them who I want to sort of give a shout out to is Richard Crypt, AKA Richie Crypt, R I C H I C R Y P T on uh, social media. Uh, Richie is out there doing an October project, producing a real Ghostbusters comic book, uh, one page at a time. It's coming out uh, basically one each, each day. There's a new page. So there's about 10 pages of the story out there already. The way to get access to this amazing story he's telling and the amazing artwork that looks like it's something straight out of like, I don't know, a now comics, but way better um, is to go over to uh, Richie Crypt, R-I-C-H-I, C-R-Y-P-T, 
on Instagram or Twitter and then click the link in the bio to go to his link tree and open up his discord. Uh, and in there, if you go into the October channel in the discord, you're going to find this like sort of story that is being told and coming out page by page by page. Um, it's really neat. So I've read a bunch of it so far. I'm looking forward to looking at the rest of it over the rest of the month. Uh, so if you haven't taken a look at this, feel free to go take a look at it. And of course, as other artists, you know, John, your is still going to be working on things are putting things out over the course of the month. Uh, don't forget to support the folks who are producing an awesome October. Okay. So that about wraps up our headlines for this week. Let's go ahead now and turn to the conversation I had with Chris Stewart, uh, where we have some fun talking a bit about weird Ghostbusters items, as well as Halloween 2023. Joining Man Extraplasm podcast, returning for the first time in a while, an OG legend of all sorts of Ghostbusters podcasting, kind of like the grand, not, I don't want to say the grandpa because that makes you sound old. You're not really old, old. Oh, but I'm like, fine with that. You know, but you are like kind of, you know, I would say an OG podcaster because Chris Stewart of The Cross Rip, the podcast that, you know, we all love and help to inspire this one, uh, is joining us for Extraplasm. How are you, Chris? I'm fine. It's spooky season or fall, whichever, depending on how much Halloween you can take in your life. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a fall type guy, so I'm really enjoying the days right now. And that's without even taking into account that we still have, you know, Halloween coming. So. I'm doing good. Although this is a bad year for Halloween because Halloween falls like I think on a Tuesday or something. Yeah, it's on like, a Tuesday. It's on a Tuesday. I I I started making a list and I sometimes try to run it past people and then their eyes glaze over, so I stop talking about it. But I, I've been trying to build a list of best to worst day of the week for Halloween to fall on, and weirdly, like Monday, Tuesday. Thursday are kind of the worst. You'd think Wednesday would be bad too. I can hear everybody has eyes glazing over now, but <laughs> <laughs> the point being, I argue that if Halloween falls on a Wednesday, then you're equidistant from two weekends, which makes it like you're you're kind of able to share the Halloween weekend spirit over two different weekends, legitimately. Right. Whereas a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Thursday, it's just you know like. If it was Monday, you're tacking Halloween on as almost like an afterthought. The weekend that just preceded it, where all presumably all the Halloween party and fun stuff happened. Tuesday, you, you're just further from that. Thursday's a, a little too far from the previous weekend, but it's not adjacent to the next weekend. And then you get to the good, like, and then there's Wednesday, which is not ideal. <laughs> but at least you can kind of see splitting it. You're like, yeah, party Halloween weekend, and then you have Halloween, and then you have another weekend of Halloween stuff. And again, that second weekend is not ideal because Halloween's over and has been for a few days, but a few <laughs> Halloween things happen. And then you got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which I think are, you know, peak days. Uh, yeah. You are now regretting asking me how I'm doing, but uh, that pretty much sums it up in a nutshell. I'm just wandering around wondering when the next good Halloween day is, so... That's just me. <laughs> I, I pity anybody who's foolish enough to ask me how I'm doing right now, because that's basically what comes to mind. <laughs> uh, we have a uh, we're in a townhouse complex and there's right next to us is a small stretch of garden space that nobody does anything with ever. And the landscapers never bother with. So it's just dirt yeah. and a couple of scraggly things. 
which means over the last six years, uh, we keep acquiring a couple of those styrofoam uh, gravestones from Spirit yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Yep. Uh, or there was a party store here in town that had been around forever and closed down, and they had a few, so we bought them up like real cheap and all that. So we're up to like 13 or 14 gravestones. Oh, nice. Over this stretch of land. So we basically, we have, uh, it, we just, we put up the cemetery, uh, which I guess will eventually turn into a family euphemism for it's Halloween time is we put up the cemetery. <laughs> we have a neighbor uh, around the corner from us who puts up the cemetery, but, and they may have moved, but theirs was a weird cemetery because it was like all the headstones were political events or things that happened in the year. And then no. like. You'd like drive by the house and it would be like democracy. <laughs> and it would just oh, be like the, be on the headphone headstones. You'd be like, oh wow, okay, that's pretty dark. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing says uh let's completely ruin the fun of Halloween than uh than dragging uh, politics and topical <laughs> news into it. Um Yeah. Uh, I always wanted to know what they give out though. If you go knock on the door, what is it that they hand? Like, do you get candy raisins, or do you get like a, a raisins and a political leaflet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. don't do that. Don't start no. handing out raisins and political leaflets. That would be weird. <laughs> no. Well, we were, I was at a family gathering and we were, the parents were all kind of chatting Halloween and stuff like that. And, uh, kind of had put the math together that, the price point between buying bags of little Halloween candies and hitting Costco for full size was yeah close enough that you could decide over one or the other. And everybody was like, oh, that'd be great. We should switch to the big ones. Every, kids will love us. And I was like, if you switch to the big ones, you can never switch back. No. You are, you are the house that gives out full size. Like you have. Yep. It feels weird that I take Halloween this seriously, but I also don't take it this seriously. I take it seriously in very strange ways. Well, I mean, anyway. I, we, we, you know, I've talked about this in the past uh, week that like my Halloween display has been up now for a week where we have two projectors in the windows projecting like 10 minute shows of ghosts and proton streams blasting away and Slimer comes up to the window and makes faces and whatnot. Right, yeah. And then we've got our skeletons and our animated spider and we've got an eight and a half foot tall stay puffed and the week of Halloween is getting replaced with a 15 foot one because we don't want to leave him up the whole season because we're worried the Santa Ana winds will just carry him away yeah. and he'll become like a balloon. Uh, but like that's for me, like that is part of my thing. It's like we don't have kids, but I need to do this for my house. It's like we don't do this at Christmas time. And we moved yeah. in. Our neighbors were like, hey, the last people who lived here are really big at Christmas. How are you at Christmas? And I was like, mm, don't know, but um, just wait. This is our first house and we're going to do Halloween. And so like yeah. since then, we've it's just kind of grown a bit. But it's also weird because like. I I'm not out there because, oh, I've got to make my kids happy. I'm more out, like, out there, like making the neighborhood excited about it. Yeah. And so, like, I got this very bizarre knock on the door the other night. It's like 7 p.m. And we had we're not expecting anybody. We we're like, who is that? We opened the door and it was just like some kid some torn jeans and a flannel. And she just turned around at the door and was like, hello, I just wanted to say I really appreciate all the work you put into putting up your Halloween decorations. And I enjoy them every year. And I was like thank you i was like that's very like just gratitude walked Off up the driveway nice. that's weird yeah. it's like this generation of kids is really nice <laughs> but <laughs> yeah yeah well i'm trying to make the most of it right now because the youngin is uh not quite a teenager but i can 
feel a little bit of that coming on where uh, soon we're going to hit the too cool for Halloween phase. And then, yeah, which comes with its own things. Like if they're still into Halloween, but they're not into the trick or treating and all that. Well, then you kind of you at least get another few years of hanging out, watching uh, horror movies and all. Well, horror movies that are more age appropriate, too. He's on a he's on a campaign to for us to let him watch uh, uh, Terrifier. And I'm, I'm like, no. I've seen it. <laughs> and no. Well, when can I see it? I'm like, possibly never. Like, no. <laughs> you cannot see the terrifier. College. When you're in college living yeah. in a dorm and not in my house. <laughs> when I cannot physically stop you, you can you can watch it. How about that? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like I said, townhouse complexes are great because they're kind of like closed little Halloween ecospheres. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not everybody in the complex totally gets into Halloween, but I would say, you know, easily uh, three quarters of them do the the trick or treating candy thing. Mm-hmm. And a third uh, really get on board with uh, like um, putting up the decorations and all that. That's cool. Uh, yeah. And a couple of them actually go all out. They make tiny little haunted houses um, for kids to walk through and all that. So. And because it's a essentially a closed loop, we not only get the kids in our complex, but nearby neighborhoods and all that. They tend to they like to bring the kids and drop them off and let them do the loop and then off again because yeah, yeah. it's, it's a safe closed loop. So right. So that's okay. Um, like I said, I'm going to make the most of it while I still can. Um, I uh, <laughs> I found an old. Uh, we'll have to put a like a, an aside in here to explain to people one of those little FM transmitters so that you could oh yeah play your phone or your Walkman through the radio of your car. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, ask your your parents what that was all about. I guess kids, but uh, I found one I had, <laughs> and I got really excited because I was like, I'm going to take an old MP3 player or an, like an old phone we have lying around, and I'll just turn it into like a a looping playlist of Halloween stuff. And I could put a sign out front to tune into Halloween radio. And then I was like, who the hell would have a radio to listen to it? (laughs) This actually happened to us. There's a there's a house in our neighborhood at Christmas time that, you know, was like four blocks over. So it was like, Oh, it's this big decorated musical house. And we're like, okay, cool. Well, let's go walk over there. And we didn't think about it. We weren't like, Oh, we need to take a device that does FM. So we, just walked over there and we had our phones and then we were like oh shit like we have no way to listen to this and then we were downloading apps on our phones that was supposed to like let my samsung phone do fm radio <laughs> i was like supposedly the yeah. first time i've ever oh, done just... this and it's purely to watch a house play christmas music synchronized with lights <laughs> this is stupid <laughs> well but... i had um it's still around here somewhere it was a great the 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 iphone or the ipod nano yeah which I know a lot of people weren't super thrilled on. I had the one before it, which was just the stick with no display and all that. Or right, right. It's just, so yeah, no, the, the displayless one. That was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they kind of had the Nano, which had the tiny little, uh, you know, watch face size thing. Right. And that one was kind of cool. It was like a proto iPhone uh, or iPhone watch sort of thing, because you, you could pretend to be, you could get a wristband for it and clip it on and pretend to be your watch, but it also... You could listen to your uh, music on it, although it was a little strange because Bluetooth wasn't there yet. 
So you right. had like your headphones plugged into this thing on this your tiny wrist, tiny little thing, getting it caught on everything. But the one thing <laughs> it did have is it had an FM, uh, um, FM AM receiver on it. You could use it as a radio, which I think probably made it the tiniest, yeah, probably AM FM radio. I think you could possibly ever get. But whatever. But the point is, I was super excited about. Uh, you know, putting together Halloween radio that could run for like the week before and stuff like that. But the trouble is, is the thing only broadcasts like a hundred feet, which means maybe a couple of the units around me could get it, sort right. of thing. And people walking by would be kind of interested, but how would the hell would they listen to it? So I don't know. My dreams of being a tired, tiny pirate radio station died horribly. Hey, if you have um, if you have any community Wi-Fi. You could just run it as an internet stream. And, yeah, I and then put a QR too. code on the lawn. But <laughs> I'm old enough that I enjoy what radio was and is still to yeah, a yeah. degree. So that for me, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like the difference between owning an album and being able to listen to it on iTunes. It's like, yeah, I can get it on iTunes, but I kind of miss holding the album. <laughs> right? Like, it's the same thing with radio. It's like, yeah, I could stream it to people, but meh. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I will. I don't know. Well, I have to say, one of those things that always is part of my Halloween season is your cross rip Halloween mix episode, where you always, yeah. you know. And to me, that's always uh, been very much like an, an a radio feel kind of vibe to it. In terms yeah, of okay. Well, that's good because that's kind of what I want to do. I actually every year I'm like, um, the radio stations kind of lead the week leading up to it play a little bit like thriller gets played a lot it gets thrown in and it's like Ugh, okay sure yeah not not that i don't like thriller it's just like really like we can't there's nothing else uh the history of halloween <laughs> music is kind of gone like stations just won't play it uh these these things are such uh statistical uh top 40 machines that getting them to play anything outside of a certain uh bandwidth just nearly yeah. impossible uh and and even worse, the state places that are still classic rock stations still don't play the stuff that suits Halloween, right? Like no. um, uh, Edgar Winter's uh, Frankenstein should be a no-brainer at Halloween mm -hmm. time on a classic rock station. Nope. Uh, half of Alice Cooper, well, most of Alice Cooper. Nope. <laughs> like he's got so many great ones. I played a like few. Like you would even the, think the that like mixes rock stations would just decide to play some classic misfits tracks there's enough of those that you could drop in at halloween season that feel right? like they fit christmas music right is huge like christmas yeah. music be, i mean if you if you went to a michael store here like in california right yeah. now they are playing christmas music yeah you're like it we don't even haven't gotten through halloween yet you still have yeah. little like no, lemax glowing houses on the shelves but you're already playing christmas music and i don't understand it like there's not this other like holiday, like pool of music. Like there's not like, oh, a giant array of Easter songs, <laughs> right? Like there's the, even that would be weird because it's like, okay, that's pretty denominational. That's pretty, like Christmas is pretty commercial at this point. Easter is still pretty, yeah. you know, religious. But like Halloween at this point is absolutely nothing but a commercial holiday. Like there's no way to say that it's anybody's like, it's a fun cultural thing, but no one's yeah. out there being like, yeah, I'm deeply celebrating my paganism by, you know, dressing up my house with spiders. Like, that's not the reason anybody's doing it. Yet. So why isn't there more right. Halloween music? Like you get the monster mash 
<laughs> that's out there you know i don't know there's there's so many covers of the monster mash you could you could play a different one every day of the month leading up to halloween <laughs> and never play the same one twice um yeah i don't know i mean so christmas comes along or it you know when it gets close and all the stores start stocking their christmas stuff well they do the same thing with halloween when halloween gets close they'll stocking halloween stuff but yeah. the thing that differentiates christmas from halloween Christmas doesn't have a corporation that has built a business model of taking over abandoned stores to sell you Christmas trees <laughs> and ornaments and lawn, you know, lawn displays two months before Christmas. Halloween does like, <laughs> so yeah, it's just, it's a, yeah, it's, you're right. Halloween has like a corporate ambassador at this point. And then yeah. like, there's also, and then you look at like HalloweenCostumes.com who've now bought Halloween.com. Like that's now also a store they own. If you go look, yeah. they have yeah. fun, fun.com, Halloweencostumes.com and Halloween.com are all theirs. So you're like, there's some pretty big yeah. brand ambassadorship here. Like, why isn't anybody like we were talking about this a few weeks ago, me and uh, Matt Zunick from the LA Ghostbusters were talking about the idea that Spirit Halloween is the harbinger of what 90s retro uh, pop culture will be coming back and be shoved in your face. So it was like you look back a few years ago and it was Hocus Pocus. And it was like they were pushing Hocus Pocus stuff at Spirit Halloween. And so all of a sudden still Hocus are, Pocus yeah. was back and they still are. And then it was like Beetlejuice. And it was like, oh, here comes a Beetlejuice sequel. And then like, right now what they're pushing is like killer clowns for the last year and this year. Yeah. And this year's big thing is Mars Attacks. Right. So yeah. it's like given this giant empire of resurging movies that Spirit Halloween seems to have tapped themselves into in terms of marketing. Why isn't there like an album and do you remember you remember this you have to because you were around for things like this in the 80s and 90s there would be like spooky mix cds for halloween that would just have yeah. like 15 tracks that were the yeah. are like the halloween music because well that's all that iTunes, existed. itunes killed that itunes yeah. killed that a lot just now it's um playlists take over the like on itunes like curated ones that apple puts together and then other mm -hmm. people's uh and apple worked pretty hard on that like one is called uh hipster halloween which gets some real deep cut stuff uh in there that i really like um and then some of the radio stations like what's his name from a tribe called quest he has like a, a had a radio an apple radio station that did a halloween he did a couple halloween specials snoop dogg did one although snoop dogg's is hilarious because snoop dogg um Q-tip, yeah, Q-tip, Q-tip had gotcha. uh, his radio, and his was all like hip hop. So he's playing like the Grave Diggers and stuff like that. So I'm like, this is mm -hmm. great. Like this is hip hop Halloween. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. <laughs> and then you go over to Snoop's, and Snoop's just playing, uh, you know, Werewolves of London and all this. Like he's just he's having like a <laughs> classic rock Halloween, good old time. <laughs> like not what I expected from you, Snoop, but all right, we'll go with it. Yeah, this is something I struggle with and nobody wants to hear about it, but it's something uh, I, I think we all kind of are wading into whether we understand it or not, which is we all have our memories of Halloween. Right. And we're all convinced as we get older that the Halloweens aren't as good as they used to be. And why aren't we doing enough? <laughs> and should we do more? And then what I've begun to realize is that as bad as we think Halloweens are now compared to what they were then, it's sort of like having the same discussion about two different generations of, or three different generations of kids watching Saturday morning cartoons. Right. Like I, I aged out of Saturday morning cartoon stuff, you know, um, 
you know, uh, trying to think like the the Power Rangers era, so, so to speak, right? Power Rangers mm-hmm. Freakazoid. That wasn't even properly Saturday morning. I guess a lot of it kind of you could still watch, but it it didn't. It doesn't matter what the adults think of the thing at the time. The kids are enjoying the hell out of it regardless. So it's right. really just kind of up to us. Give it our best shot on their behalf. And it's automatically going to turn into cool memories for them. And then they'll grow up and they'll do the same thing for their kids. Oh, man, your Halloweens are not as much fun as ours used to be. And it's like, <laughs> ah, I wouldn't worry about that. But um, but yeah, I guess I, I what I struggle with is like I kind of want some of the fun stuff of Halloween. Like I remember growing up my mom uh i mean she didn't it's nothing like it happens today but you know this was in the late 70s so she put up bistel bestel bistel do you know what i'm talking about the halloween decorations oh okay (laughs) if i said (laughs) classic paper halloween decorations yeah. Including like articulated skeletons. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Black With like the little metal joints in them that you could like position and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the skeleton with the flame outline and the crazy eyes and yep. the, all that. That's this company, B E I S T L E. And I gotcha. really don't know how to pronounce it. But now I'm going to run off to eBay time. to look for vintage stuff. Oh, it, it is all <laughs> over the place. Um, last time I was, a couple times previous, I was in LA. Uh, there's a place up in Burbank called Creature Features. It's gone now. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's online, yeah. but the storefront's gone. But right. they had seasonal displays, so it wasn't just collectible monster stuff and all that. But they had a couple Halloween like uh, display cases. Oh man, they had like some '60s uh, Halloween cardboard Halloween. And I'm looking at them going, we had like we had boxes of that stuff, just fantastic. <laughs> anyway, that's all we had. My mom had that and the red and black streamers, and she got some. Um, uh, you know, yard pot lights in the seventies. It wasn't, you know, no LEDs, no spotlights. Mm-hmm. It was just those those big round two inches of glass on top of them, <laughs> floodlights yeah. that you could stick into your yard. So she had one of those that was in red and it was and one one the local radio stations um they were giving out prize packs to people who decorated for Halloween. So that Halloween we were all decked out. We got like free pizzas and bottles of pop like and like I say like in retrospect, I'm like, man, we didn't do a hell of a lot, but it was just the thing is stuck yeah. as this fantastic event. Yeah. And stuff must be going on all the time um, for Halloween. I uh, During the pandemic, I had some friends that were associated with various media outlets and all that. And uh, and I put together a package to like, do you guys want to try and pitch this idea to your, your, you know, your clients, your media clients and all that to try to, because it was the pandemic nobody was like the trick-or-treating was going to be really on the down low like it was going to yeah, be a yeah. real we had a couple of real suppressed halloweens in there and i yeah. was like well this is the time to maybe double down with the halloween we see on television sort of thing mm-hmm. or on the radio and uh yeah uh they all thought it was a great idea but didn't want to get on board with it so i don't know i do you think I, like realistically do you think anybody actually still bobs for apples anywhere yes I think there must be. <laughs> um, like to me, that's a television Halloween thing. Like that's I, from okay, that era, you know. There's two groups that I think that m- must absolutely still do it. Um, provided there's any of these remaining, uh, um, like Protestant church community groups that don't have <laughs> sticks up their butts. So if they haven't okay. gone off the rails. 
because uh, I, I remember this as a kid. The 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 church was church was was Halloween was fun. And it was for kids, and they did not feel threatened by it in any way, shape, or form. So there would be the the Halloween parties, um, right? Because it was one part church, one part community group, right? The community right. part was out. Uh, so I think there must be still a few of those around, but I bet you dollars to donuts, uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Across North America, they probably still do their um, their Halloween parties, and they probably do a lot of the classic stuff. Like I, I bet you there's probably still some. Unless we haven't heard and some kid drowned somewhere in a bobbing grapples thing and now <laughs> nobody bobs grapples anymore. It's like that's the expanded version of we better make sure you check all your kids candy for razor blades is you better oh, make God. sure you know how deep the apple bobbing buckle bucket is. <laughs> your kid could fall in. <laughs> yeah, well, the new one this year is. Uh, well, this year is 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 the, the killer app, so to speak, for the halloween urban legends because previously it was check your kids candy for tampering yeah because there might be uh drugs inside poison inside <laughs> right razor blades inside three things that if you looked for it uh are pretty easy to like spot and mm-hmm. even though it never really happened it, uh, sorry a lot of these things happened once and then they got cemented right. into urban legend and now they perpetuate right. but they never happened ever it was just uh, the the killer the killer app this year no no pun intended is the, the rumor is uh, you can check your kids candy but what you're checking for is fentanyl and if you touch it you'll probably die too so <laughs> like the big worry this year is that there's going to be fentanyl in the Halloween candy and I'm like <laughs> wow <laughs> the, so now the I'm just waiting for factory the... works hard sometimes I think you know oh god so now I'm just <laughs> waiting for the be sure to like rinse your kids, you know, mini candy bars off in hot water. I'm like, oh god, it's not even. Well, but I'd anyway. say I'm I'm glad to see Halloween making a bit of a comeback from the pandemic because we were one of the people out there. Like during the pandemic, we were out there with masks and gloves, and we individually bagged all the candy in individual yeah. Ziploc bags and placed it inside of a ghost trap that each kid come along and take one of you know the nice. little bag off and. So it was like we had hand sanitizer out there dressed up as slime and it was kind of our whole thing. And so we became like a little bit neighborhood famous because there were so few houses doing trick or treating. And so kids from like neighborhoods over ended up coming to us by word of mouth of like, oh, there is that Ghostbusters house that's up every year. They're still doing stuff. And so we it's kind of it's kind of nice to have like had this weird like community bonding thing happen because of covid. But I don't know. Uh, It didn't kill it. So, you know, yeah, uh, not that COVID still... is good. But not for anybody gets upset and is like, Jim likes COVID. Like, no, <laughs> like that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was actually almost like a nice forced breather reset on it. You know, yeah. absence makes the heart grow fonder. So a couple of years right. without, you know, normal Halloween, I think probably helped drive it for another 10 years or so. At like when I was a kid, levels. we didn't have trunk or treats and things when I was a kid. Like, that's not a treat? thing trunk or treat you've never heard of trunk or treat so it's like trick or treat but you drive all your kids to some church parking lot and you park your car and then everybody goes from trunk to trunk to trunk like you know i guess boot in different contexts like uh, but like you go like so and there's actually like you can buy i think that's like maybe fun or halloween costume sells this it's like a car costume for trunk or treat that you has like a slimer and a stay puffed and you can like stick them on your car as little decals and stuff 
So like, but trunk or, so trunk or treat became a thing that replaced trick or treat. And that realistically trunk or treat to me replaced mall trick or treating. Yes. It used to be that you would walk through malls and go from each retail store. But as malls died, they became like, where do people go? So then it was like, well, let's just all drive the kids to some public locale. And then everybody can just walk from car to car to car with their costume and then get in the car and drive home. Yeah. Um, COVID kind of killed that off. It was weird. The mall ones still exist. Again, I think I think if you drew a line. Uh, on a no- map of North America, the the survival of m- like malls as we understand them um, is directly proportional to how bad your winters are. Yeah, because even though I know <laughs> even Canada, I know well. I don't know of any malls that went away. I know they keep sometimes getting overhauled, but we I don't, can't think of any we've lost. But mostly that's because for whatever they're like during the summer months. Once you get to winter months and you know, for large chunks of Canada, October, there's a good risk. It is going to be freezing cold on Halloween night. Like I remember trick or treating in a skidoo suit, um, <laughs> uh, or or the the Canadian classic. The joke, the Canadian classic, is uh, the the boys put on like tons of warm clothes and then get in their uh, junior hockey gear. So uh, <laughs> while it's not terribly um, uh, creative. It was a very good costume, you know, right? Because you could wear a toque and then jam your 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 helmet on top of it. <laughs> your jersey was built to be huge, so you didn't have to put on your padding, but you could put on tons of sweaters and right. undergarments, and then put the the, the top gear on. And uh, you know, you didn't put your skates on; you just put on your winter boots, and that was that was pretty uh, rock solid <laughs> for trick or treating. But uh, yeah, trunk or treating. Um, yeah, no, I've never heard of that. That's a great one. Yeah. That's a thing we do down here, at least. If it's not done yeah. up there, we do it down here. Well, so, you know what? I may it may be happening somewhere, and I've just missed it too. Um, I don't know. I like I said, I lament that maybe Halloween's are 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 fading away. I think they're just changing because yeah, Thomas uh, dragged out. He found a listing for one uh, neighborhood over, um, or town over, so to speak, in the sprawl that is uh, Greater Vancouver area. They have their Halloween harvest uh pumpkin thing set up like a pumpkin right. walk yeah uh which which is you know again that's the other thing so for all the christmas light displays that go on uh nobody does an easter light thing nobody you know what i mean but <laughs> halloween right. has its equal share of, and not only that places that like to do the christmas light right displays uh like um uh, there's a, a giant uh gardening center greenhouse place uh here in the area and they do a big one at christmas where you know you have the marketplace where people come in and sell their jams and honey Mm -hmm. and crafts and there's carolers and it's very christmas in light displays it's all very christmasy yeah they do a halloween one too because it's right and it it does just as well because yeah you swap in the pumpkins you change the colors of the lights (laughs) yeah uh people can sell half of the same things like Yep. Mulled wine sells sells great both times a year. <laughs> no, you're um, not wrong. Like, and that's to yeah. be fair, like as much as we're saying there's not like a lot of Christmas music or, or a lot of a lot of Halloween, Halloween music, music, rather, yeah. like there's there does seem to be like and this is what makes me so puzzled about it is like there are these at this point, like they didn't have big giant events for Halloween to go to as a kid like this. They do now, but we don't have music. So I want like yeah. I guess um, what I want now is like Mariah Carey needs to do like a cut. Like all I want for Halloween is boo. Like that would be good. <laughs> right. Like, I'm writing that down. Some, Cause some I, deep cut. I, I have friends 
uh, I went to university with them, and they're uh, they are legitimately an internationally award winning acapella group. Oh, nice. Um, and they have, uh, you know, they they're they're uh, adults in air quotes, uh, like myself. I am also <laughs> an air quotes adult. You know, so we have families and real jobs and all that. So that, that but their hobby thing is that you know they have this this. Uh, quartet that they you know do events and the stampede and all that sort of thing and uh they've recorded a uh half a dozen albums yeah uh over the last 20 years or so um four of them are christmas albums nice because (laughs) they perpetually sell and i've been leaning on them hard for the last few years going you need to do a halloween one yeah, and they they did a they did a cover of Monster Mash, and I'm not sure if it was meant to appease me or not, but it did not. We need the full a full album, uh, and yeah, <laughs> all I want for Halloween is Boo would be great. Uh, yeah, like Weird Al uh, lyric transpositions of Christmas classics yeah. into Halloween would be low hanging fruit and so fantastic. Um, and if you got Disney involved, you could probably get some, you know. Jack Skellington voicing, tie it all together, package it up that way if you wanted oh, to as a Nightmare right? Before Christmas album. Well, to Disney's credit, they still embrace and Universal Studios, right? Like the the those places. Yes, yeah, and, yeah. But Disney well, Universal doesn't have a a media outlet quite the same way that Disney does. Disney embraces pretty hard. Like Disney Plus is like switched over its front end to slowly mm-hmm. start adding in the Halloween specific stuff. Right. They put out the new computer generate like animated uh, mickey and friends trick-or-treating um stuff like that and they Universal's have all the Halloween towns universal's doing their horror nights thing that's like their yeah. whole jam right so and yeah. and i know disney does go out of its way with the christmas or the halloween music stuff too but i don't know it's i think you touched on it right at the beginning accidentally the the minute christmas lapsed into september because yeah. it was already a war because Christmas was showing up pre-Halloween. Mm-hmm. And that was already weird enough. And now that I know for a fact that for the last three or so weeks, I've been in various stores and they've started moving their seasonal aisles slowly yeah. to start bringing Christmas stuff. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's like September, October, November. That's four months. Yep. That is one third of the year. Yeah. It's we like the whole quarter. Now and it's like, at what point do we just stop caring about? I mean, Christmas? I think we get to a point like if if we're going to like if we get to a Doctor Who level of this, I feel like we end up in some like by the year 2034 or it's up or 2340 Christmas yeah. is every day. It's just like the entire culture is there's there's trees all the time. There's presents <laughs> every day. They land on your porch like a newspaper and you just don't care. Like, well, that could only <laughs> that could only help Halloween come back then. Right. Because exactly. out of the 12 months, one month slowly relinquishes control over a little bit to Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah. No, on the music side, on the radio side, I that's what I hate the most is because, and especially, it's really weird because the only people that listen to radios anymore are people who remember old Halloweens and are nostalgic right. for old Halloweens. <laughs> so why aren't you spending the two weeks prior to Halloween just pandering to us we're the only yeah. ones listening to it in our cars we're the only ones listening to it at work you may as well just lean into halloween <laughs> super hard uh, i don't know yeah i think you know we, a way we could sort of 
wrap up the discussion of Halloween and Halloween music and Halloween time a bit. <laughs> the accidental discussion you didn't no, think you were going to have. I, I didn't, but I enjoy it because it's a, you're an interesting <laughs> person to have this conversation with is because you put together a Halloween playlist that's every true. year. Yeah, that's And you put together a Halloween music music list that everybody should go check out in the CrossRip uh, you know, feed when you put that out later on this month, I presume, because it's still coming. I believe you said that on Twitter. Yeah, in the next but, probably about a week and a half, two weeks time, yeah. Yeah, but this is the way I want to sort of put a pin in this to sort of like say how I feel about Halloween music is that I, I saw a meme. It might not be true, but I saw this meme today. So I'm just going to meme it out verbally. Cause I saw it visually was that, <laughs> um, Bobby Boris Pickett, you know, of Bobby Boris Pickett and the Kripke yep. Crickers, uh, who made monster mash apparently was, did a live performance of this, uh, at one point in his life. And, uh, when he did the live performance, he got up and said the following, uh, Elvis Presley thought that this was the dumbest song that he ever heard, but he died on a toilet. <laughs> and then he just played the song <laughs> so um yeah that's how i feel like you know that's that's pretty good way to set up the monster mash and like yeah that's... well i mean <laughs> to his credit elvis persists as a major name but uh his music is kind of like lapsing back into the mists of time slowly but surely the way all yeah. old music does uh but the monster mash gets perpetually played it does every year it does <laughs> the other thing you can find that's fun to think if you go look at it is um the number of times that uh, he tried to recapture the monster mash. He made all these other oh. different like monster songs and mash songs that right in the same vein and the same like <laughs> rhythm and stuff to be like, well, we got another song to make for a different holiday. Let's go do oh. a different mash. And you can go find those. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, I believe I believe I, I heard a bunch of them on the Ralph report that Ralph Garman does. He's a former <laughs> K-Rock DJ who yeah. uh, was, does a podcast with Kevin Smith, but he has like a morning show podcast he does. And I think he did this maybe like two, a year ago, two years ago. He just played a whole bunch of them and i was like oh my god yeah these. well so, la has a la you know being hollywood adjacent still to this day i think is a hot spot for halloween yeah uh, when the if the rest of the world gave up on halloween la would still celebrate it every year it's just the same yeah uh, i bet you their radio stations at halloween time i should actually you can listen to them all online i'm gonna tune in thank you Thank you. I, I am now you just you put the idea in my head. I'm going to listen around the world. I'm going to tune into various radio stations and see what the week of Halloween is like for them. There you go. And I'll, I'll report back later. Uh, All right. But uh, you're yeah. going to be our audio reporter on this. It's yes, your new I'll, investigative I'll, report. We'll touch base next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other reason I wanted to chat with you. Um, and I asked you to come on the podcast this week is because I saw you talking about a thing that I had been talking about and we're going to get into this, I think a bit about the current thing and then we'll talk about some older things, but I wanted to talk with you about weird ghostbusters merch, right? Because I know you just have been like going through the process of liquidating a lot of ghostbusters merch, which I'm like, that means you probably have dabbled into some of your weirder stuff like that you found in boxes and things. But the other thing you and I both saw happen was they put out Ghostbusters supplements that are coming yeah. out like oxy shred or something. And you and I, I think both had very similar reactions of raising our eyebrows and going, what? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, well, where do we start on that? I don't know. <laughs> like, well, but- I'll say this. I commented on it and, uh, I got a good idea of how many, uh, Jim bros are also Ghostbusters fans. Cause they yeah. all took it 
you know, mildly personal. <laughs> but <laughs> I and I didn't say I hated it. I didn't say it was bad. I was just a little personally perplexed by it. It was a, it yeah. was from my perspective an out of the blue uh surprise and they were yes. all completely annoyed that they thought I was like Jim Bros couldn't be Ghostbusters fans. And I was like, you absolutely can. Yeah. Uh that's not my point. My point is, is it's a little odd to uh, well here's the thing. It's I've been out of thinking left about field. this. Yes. Like, I've been thinking about this ever since I posted it. Is and, and then more so when you contact me a few days ago, but you want to talk about this is the question is what is weird because in the case of this one subjectively it's weird to me yeah to make, it's weird to me too yeah because because but then again it's not aimed at me and as these guys pointed out yeah right I, you know what and at the end of the day is it weird because it's not like sony said you know what we should do because they never do that what happens is somebody shows up with uh, a, a minimum payout and says we'd like to get the license to make this thing. Sure. And unless it's like uh I don't know, you know, something let's put it this way. Let's reconvene should we ever get to the point where they're selling like um uh uh Ghostbusters male enhancement pills cuz that'll be the tipping <laughs> point where Sony has legitimately stopped giving a crap about what they're taking uh taking uh their cut on. But for everything else, and and again, if we, you know, embrace the idea that Ghostbusters is as big as Star Wars, at least in terms of pop cultural impact, if not yeah. the size of its franchise offerings, and I believe it is, right? Like, we know for a fact that, uh, you know, that, that white paper, it's not like Star Wars clocked in on that list as a recognizable uh, logo or anything like that. Like it was it was <laughs> Ghostbusters clocked in, you know, on par with Coke around the world. So we know that that means that Ghostbusters fans are all over the place doing all sorts of things. So. But yeah, so in that regards, it's like it's not terribly weird, but then, you know, um <laughs> You know, it has come up before, like in 2016, the amount of just rock bottom candy confections in the UK that got to slap Ghostbusters on it and like offer it to people was, you know, and again, none of them were terribly weird, but the sheer volume of it was, I don't know. I think, I think the thing that I want to try and figure out is whether, um, if Ghostbusters has anything that strikes us as truly weird. Like, yeah. and, and, and actually, and, and this is the thing I've been struggling with is we call it weird, but at the end of the day, the, the, the main thing that studios want is visibility. Right. So like I say, uh, I think there's a line where between Ghostbusters Slimer scratch cards mm -hmm. is high visibility and isn't terribly, you know, too out there. And then you take right. a couple of steps to the left. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, you know, Ghostbusters, uh, you know, Bankman's boner pills or whatever. And then you're like, <laughs> um, and you're like, that might be a bit too far and we can legitimately call it weird because I think I was thinking of, um, I think it was episode seven. I remember they, Star Wars, uh, and Disney or whatever struck a license with some orange growers that made like little Mandarin oranges or whatever. And you could buy the <laughs> sack of oranges that was Star Wars branded. So you're hitting on a thing I was going to say. So it's because um, the, the, first I'll say this just so we can put this out there because yeah. I feel like I started this conversation about the supplements 
and um i don't want to like anybody be upset about it but it's like when i first saw it i was like who's the target audience for this is it matt cardona um because like that's the guy who i think would use this the most oh 100 percent and then i will say this that like the branding smartness here was that they made this thing called proton powder and that tastes like tangerine and they made one called yep. slimer and that one's lime and everybody's like oh the slimer lime one is ecto cooler and i'm like no 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 no, you got to put them together it's a tangerine yeah. lime drink their genius was telling you they're going to sell you two flavors of oxy shred so that way yeah. you can put them together to make the one thing you actually want so whoever came yeah. up with that stuff is brilliant um that that's that's very smart way to sell more of your product um and i don't well, mean and framing yeah. wants to use it great fine like that's i just thought it was weird because to me i think of slimer on soda i think of him on candy i think of him on all yeah. this other stuff that would be like antithetical to fat burner <laughs> right it's just like that doesn't track for me that doesn't make sense and to me that's where i got into the weirdness of like uh, is this a stretch on the product such that you yeah. go well what's the relationship and so you just hit on this thing i've been thinking about at the same time which is that i know when my brain broke on star wars marketing i know exactly when it happened I walked right. into a, a Vons supermarket here in California, which for those of you in the Midwest anywhere, that's known to you as Safeway. And for some of you in other places, it's called Pavilions, but it's all the same company. Uh, and I walked into there and there was a bag of apples and it <laughs> said Star Wars on it. And I was like, wait, what? I'm in the produce section. What makes these Star Wars apples? And part of my brain was like, OK, wait. Maybe putting Star Wars branding on apples is actually good because maybe it encourages more fruit uptake. <laughs> like maybe that's better than maybe. Star Wars fruit snacks. Like if you wanted to have the debate about which is it better for there to be Star Wars marketing on yeah. little sugary filled high fructose corn syrup apple flavored Darth Vader's that are gummies or an apple. <laughs> like which yeah. of the two is better <laughs> to be marketed? But at the same time, I, my brain went. Oh my God, they've literally figured out how to stamp Star Wars on a bag of apples. And people are going to yeah. buy that bag of apples versus another bag of apples. And for those people who are like, look, we're collectors. You and I both have probably bought different food items and kept. I know you have. You had a can of pasta you put on eBay. But like, mm -hmm. we've both bought food items. I would never imagine buying a bag of apples and trying to keep it <laughs> for like yeah. 20 years. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's one where you, you basically secretly cut open the bottom of the mesh pull the apples out and put in plastic ones or something like Eat that some like prop it's just, apples yeah prapples um yeah like i said so there's a lot of different things to look at subjectivity is one uh because it's objectively difficult to find um a weird product yeah. um the time factors into it like so when I stopped to try to think of weird Ghostbusters items, uh, I had a little bit of a problem thinking of too many, but one that came to mind uh, immediately was from 84, 84, 85, 84. Yeah. Um, at a time when merchandising was not thought of the same way for, right. for movies uh, or, you know, not, every movie needed to have merchandise and Ghostbusters was not thought of that way until after the fact. Right. Um, the only people that put out merchandise after the movie came out was, um, those Pittsburgh, uh, guys that formed the fan club and, mm -hmm. um, the companies in Japan, because Japan always has always seemed right. to like to make merch for movies when they come out. 
and they were the ones that put out um um uh it's like bandai stay puffed and stuff no that was all yeah they put all that stuff out and all that and ball caps and patches all that yeah is fine they also sold and it was you could see it in the printed ad in uh like magazines and all that was a cigarette like an ashtray yeah a ghostbuster cigarette ashtray and (laughs) (laughs) uh it, you know, and like I said, that's just accidental because the movie came out at a time where there wasn't a lot of merch. Right. Uh, smoking was still perfectly acceptable. Uh, people did not think of the movie as specifically aimed at kids. Uh, and they made a cigarette, uh, like an ashtray. And I'm like, okay, that's legitimately weird. I think. I was, um, I was thinking you know. of something kind of in the vein of that, but I'm thinking, mm. I think a little weirder. Was this came up in the yes have some discord a while back. I think I posted it there and then we had a conversation about it there um, probably like a year ago. But mm. it, this somebody turned up with a bunch of on eBay of Ghostbusters two car little litter bags. So they're like, really? <laughs> they're like little bags, little trash bags that are designed yeah. to hang off of your um, the handle of your glove box remember glove box is a thing you put with yeah. the key in it and then you put stuff in there and then you nobody does that anymore now they just shove paperwork in there uh but like <laughs> like the glove bo- like in the world before the center console uh they, they had a ha- you attach it to the handle or attach it to a seat back and you'd throw your trash in it but it had the yeah. ghostbusters 2 logo on it and you can find these on ebay now and they are literally just tiny trash bags that have ghostbusters logos on them and you're like that who like, who who branded that? Like who came up with like, that's just like, like such a weird thing to be like, Hey, we can market trash bags to people for cars, not yeah. to kids, to grown adults well, who drive cars. <laughs> like, but see, that's-, that's the thing <laughs> that five years difference between making a movie and merchandising it to people that five years, it had completely shifted. Like from the beginning oh, yeah. of the eighties where everybody was flabbergasted at how many, how many toys, you know, Lucas sold. To right. the end of the eighties, when uh, every movie had to have merch made for it, it didn't matter. You know, uh, Ishtar had to have stuff made for it, and uh, you know, you name it. Um, I don't know. Like, is 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 a trash trash bag for a car is unusual? Definitely. Yeah. But I, is I it think weird. So. I mean, yeah? I think okay. I think it's kind of weird. I mean, personally, what's weird? What was funny is when this came up when when we talked about it in the Discord back then. Um, it was misunderstood by someone as a cat litter bag, um, which oh, wow. was even more fun, yeah. which would have been really great. If it was like Ghostbusters themed poop bags, like which I could see. I could totally see yeah. somebody doing like the green bags that people buy to go walk their dogs. Like you could put Slimer on that, that <laughs> that I wouldn't have raised an eyebrow. I'd have been like, it's green. It's cellophane. It works. Why not? Just shove his yeah. face on it. Now they're like spook poops. I don't know. Use that ghost core. You can run with it. Um, give me a cut. Uh, but <laughs> like know like <laughs> yeah like um I, I guess it just depends on yeah like i said what your your interpretation of weird would be like another one that came to mind was in the middle of what was it nine or ten series of real ghostbusters yeah figures that kenner put out it was like what was it the fifth was uh for all intents and purposes universal monsters but they didn't have the rights to Universal Monsters, so they just called them 
monsters. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it was 100% them doing the classic Universal <laughs> monsters. And that one's weird because that's all they put out. It wasn't like right. there was like there a Van Helsing Egon or something like that to go with it, which would be cool. That, that would be cool. Series was nothing but, and I, I, like I said, I guess somebody sat down somewhere instead. Look, you know, because by that point the cartoon had been running for a while. They sure. fought vampires. They fought where they all the classic monsters they'd run into at least once sooner or later. So you know. And the uh, the people making the toys were probably like, look, the Ghostbusters can fight anything. It doesn't have to be just weird ghosts and all that. So right. why not put out the classic ones? I don't know if there was like a reach out to Universal saying how much to license it. You want how much? Then no way in hell. But guess what? It's public <laughs> domain. So we'll make our own versions or whatever. But it right. just seemed really weird to put out maybe a series a year. So one year they're like, here you go. Uh, come get your your universal monsters and kids <laughs> universally went huh um i don't know so that one struck me as weird but then it's not that the toys are weird it's just their existence is kind of weird right yeah and that's like i the, i was trying to think about this too because i i posed this question to you of like what are the weirdest products like when we were talking about earlier yeah. in the week and then i was like I began looking at Ghostbusters products in my own collection. I went to eBay and was like, I want to go see what's out there that I haven't thought of in a while. Yeah. And I realized how much of it I accept as just commonplace that like doesn't look a Ghostbusters soap dish in the shape of the Ecto-1. Well, that's kind of weird, but not really. I, you know, it's, it's a thing when you have when you're a kid. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff like that. But then there's things like I started thinking about more contemporary things like I own these, like the fun edibles line of, yeah. of figures, right? It's like these are vinyl figures where one of them is jello mold slimer and the other one is like pizza vankman a a, a slice of pizza dressed as a ghostbuster and you're like okay and then you go and look well was there a lot of this fun edibles line like did no not really there was just like three figures just randomly they had a ghostbusters license so they did a few and it's like those are some of the weirdest things i think to me at this point another one is like the tubs ducks like i don't the ducks they're just like rubber ducks that are dressed as ghostbusters and i go yeah that's weird to me that's i don't know and then somebody else i'm sure it's very cool because they're in a vinyl collecting but i just still view that as like a very weird or strange mashup of stuff like rubber ducks and ghostbusters you know we are living in the era of mashup though like yeah as strange as the end result might be the the concept of crossing over two properties to appeal to two different groups is um definitely part of the marketing playbook now. So yep. is it those uh domo? That weird little I don't know what the hell he is. <laughs> is he a fudge bar with teeth or whatever? Like he's that little Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh yeah. What uh, is that? Domo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Domo. And they did a lot yeah. of those. And actually I don't even think I don't even think it was just some other company or the people who Domo. If I recall correctly, was it Funko? that said can we do ghostbusters and domo together like it was right uh, okay um like those are weird to me but again i understand that we're living in an era where mashing stuff up is there's been a lot like the ducks the the you know the rubber duck meets ghostbusters makes a certain amount of sense to a certain degree um just because the era we're in like 20 years ago people might have been i don't know why i don't understand but uh these days, everybody's like, oh, yeah, cool. Well, you it's kind of like duck. pop cultural post-structuralism. 
<laughs> just yeah. like you can take anything you want and put it together yeah. at this point. Well, and it's just kind of strange, but yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's an, it's an understood money generating device now where, uh, so for example, I own the, the, uh, the Corningware, uh, like coffee mug, Ghostbusters coffee yeah. mug, which again, because at the time in the early eighties, anything with Ghostbusters merchandise on it was an afterthought. Uh, you know, Anchor Hawking put together, you know, one of their classic mugs, pure white Corningware, with the Ghostbusters logo on it, and sold it. Mm-hmm. And that was not done because people thought Corningware was, you know, cool or anything. It was just ubiquitous, <laughs> which meant. It was in every store everywhere, and you could get your right. And so, and Ghostbusters everywhere. So yeah, but it accidentally kind of hit on the formula that we're talking about now with like you know the tubs duck, which is these days if you want to get that mug, do you have five hundred bucks on you? Because right. you are now fighting Ghostbusters collectors and Corningware collectors <laughs> to get your hand on this mug. And see like, also the Starbucks cup. Like that's right yeah. now too, right? Like that's another a good example of that, of like people are like, why is this such a big deal? And it's like, because it's a big deal to Starbucks cup collectors, like independent of us, we yeah. are just a microcosm, a little f- fragment of that. That's a it's much not, bigger group of cup collectors. It's not even a collectors. crossover either. It just, like, no. it's just them doing Halloween. They're like, what's right. Halloween? And the funny part is, full credit to Ghostbusters, the only reason that somebody sat down and said slime is a Halloween thing is because of Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Slime was not a Halloween thing prior no. to 1984. No. Uh, even though ghosts, you know, it, you know, if you read ghost books and all that, the idea of ectoplasm and all that was there. It was right. not part of Halloween. Uh, it, you know, all the cart- Disney cartoons where they encountered ghosts, the go- you just passed through the ghosts. There was no right. physicality to them. There was no res- residue, no nothing. So, in a strange way, it is a Ghostbusters crossover with Starbucks because the only reason they're associating green slime with Halloween <laughs> is Ghostbusters. But it's funny. Um, yeah, there's there's another product like that that people haven't talked about so much that I've seen. Um, Spencer's Gifts has a mm. lava lamp and the lava lamp has a bunch oh. of green lava in it. And the base of the lava lamp is yeah. nothing but caution stripe. So it's just yellow and black oh, stuff. Yeah. And then the top of it is yellow and black. And then the inside of it is all green slime. And it's not a licensed thing, but it's very no. clear. Like this is supposed to be a Ghostbusters themed lava lamp that they did not get a license. Yeah. for. Right. Well, the next time somebody, somebody does a, a, a Ghostbusters collectibles book, they need to put in a chapter, you know, called uh, accidental collectibles. Right. For that very reason. <laughs> stuff that was never um you could fill it up with things like the um the the what is it, the Iona shoe polisher. Mm-hmm. Those things aren't supposed to those things were maybe supposed to have like a, a a vintage appliance collector, retro appliance collector cachet, and that was it. Right. You know, until the props guys turned it into a PK meter and now you know, 90 year old men have to fist fight 25 year olds to get their hands on it on eBay <laughs> for tons of money. Uh, the sniffer, like, nope, the gas sniffers, nobody needs those gas sniffers anymore. Uh, you know, chromatograph equipment uh, has come so much, so much further than that. But those old ones now are, and I see them talking on GB fans, like when they identified that um, the heart monitor 
yeah. that the moving guys wheel out of their university. The thing. orange was, thing. There, yeah, there was years of, what is it, what is it, what is it? And then the <laughs> minute they figured it out, I gotta have one. I'm, and I'm pretty sure last time I checked, there's at least two or three people in the broader Ghostbusters community that have one and are proud of it and could never right. explain it to anybody else. Come on down <laughs> to my den. I got my posters. I got my Ghostbusters posters. I got my stuff. And I got my heart monitor. And people are like, you have gone all around the bend, my friend. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what and that's a completely like, different level of like, that's not officially licensed merchandise. It's just no. the thing that he will be in collecting because it was in the movie, right? Like, Ac- accidental collecting. It's just, yeah. It, what if they did uh, that? Yeah. What if they went out and like the, the Ghost Corps began like buying up vintage stuff that was like, copies of the stuff they were in the movie and people were like oh they're going to use it in the movie and instead they were like nope we're putting out a limited number like we're putting out 10 heart monitors all officially branded they all have a plaque on the side they're signed by dan Aykroyd. <laughs> right like that's yeah. the official heart monitor from ghostbusters <laughs> like well the big question in this movie is is this the movie that lays the foundation for a new car ah uh, yes or or is just this the point where all future examples of the Ecto will either be a mocked up fiberglass body for close up <laughs> shot. And then the computer generated one on the stunt rig car. Right. Uh, Cause that's, um, saw one in a movie recently, actually they had to do a chase scene, but it was like a, a prime movie. So it didn't have a lot of money behind it, but they wanted to do, gotcha. it was a guy, Ritchie movie shot specifically for prime but he did not have Guy Ritchie Hollywood money behind it. So he had to do a car chase with a, a classic car, which they could not afford to get a real one to chase around. They rented sure. one for some shots in the garage and then it went away and it was 100% uh, a CGI car driving wow. around. Uh, and I wonder sometimes whether they'll try to introduce us to a replacement vehicle or are we going to stick to the Ecto? Because you have to imagine that in another 20 years, the Ectomobile is going to read like a completely unwieldy vehicle for Ghostbusters to run around. Sure. In. I mean, I've said this like, look at a, at a non-narrative canon level. Yeah. Um, we can talk, definitely talk about the Ecto one for a bit. We, sure. We've gone off the rails it, a bit, but, but bear with us, everybody. It's called a podcast. That's what this does. That's right. Um, okay. The, the Ecto one to me, I've said for a while um, that I was ready for something new. And my rationale in narrative was like, you can only maintain this car for so long because where would they be getting the parts? Nobody in the real world can get glass for the Ecto one if it breaks. And if you're like busting ghosts and driving around like crazy and you're like, you're going to do some damage to your car, you're going to have to repair it. Um, But then, of course, like in the real world, we've resolved some of that problem by just being like, ah, let's rip the engine out. (laughs) Just just take the engine out and put put a Corvette engine in it. It's fine. And so We're that became my whole, yeah. you know, could you make could could you see like a a like a Tesla remodel of the Ecto one? Could they put an electric drive cha- tra- train in it that made it powered yeah. by, you know, neutral by by proton colliders or something or, you know, just like, hey, we have all these proton packs around. They already make energy. Yeah. <laughs> what if we just used them to power the car? Right. <laughs> so so part of me wonders if the Ecto one will persist. You know? We're living in a world where they're already starting to work out the 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 economics and the business models for potentially converting old vehicles into electric vehicles. Yeah. 
Um, so that's not completely out there. Um, I mean, I felt like there was a window there. It happened especially since they discontinued it, but the, the Dodge Charger, I felt, yeah. was a real good replacement vehicle. And the fact yeah. that then they discontinued it and it turned into its own weird little <laughs> uh, money pit of a car like the original uh, Miller Meteors uh, Cadillac. I thought that'd be great. You could run that for another. You could run a. You could run a Dodge Charger, and visually, we'd think it was fine for at least another fifteen, twenty years easily. Um, yeah, I don't know, but of course, we live in a real world where nobody does weird, fancy vehicles anymore. Uh, uh, all the all the companies would have the exact same. You, the plumber and the Ghostbusters would have the exact same Ford panel van. <laughs> yeah, you know, utility no, I've said van. like a transit van, right? Yeah, would be exactly. the thing that they would use. You know, like, as much as I'm like, that's uncool, it's kind of boring, but like that's maybe that's the merchandise tie in we need that's weird. We just need like a car company to start selling yeah. their version of an ectomobile, like the beginning cost of <laughs> $30,000 a year or $30,000, but you get yeah. like an out the door. It's an ectomobile. It's their version of it. Like if they go if they go international, I would like to see them use as an opportunity to just mirror the real world where everybody's turning everything they can into an ecto um the streets of paris are not made for a cadillac but the streets (laughs) of paris would be completely ideal for a pair of uh you know the bmw smart cars i thought you you were gonna say like a renault (laughs) or that too right a little renault or whatever um you know every 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 city in every country has their own particular traffic uh requirements uh and yeah just play around with it uh i don't know but uh yeah actually i think the 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 transit van would be really great because then you narratively have a thing that um all the cop shows get to do which is to have or the fbi yeah, or the yeah. cops have have their operations center in the back mm-hmm. that you can Guy hop in, the in and there's guy in the guy in the chair and the bank of equipment stuff that the ecto was supposed to do with all that gear on top was supposed to be right. able to read stuff and trace stuff and track stuff and all that they had all the you know all that equipment in the back that the people in the two hopper seats could, were supposed to be able to use we've never seen them use it right so it'd be great to have this thing pull up and you know somebody's running you know ops from the back of the van and they can meet it's at the back funny. of the van and I was thinking about that recently that um, I saw renderings of Marine Ecto-8 from the Ghostbusters video game. Right. And I, I have a personal love of Marine Ecto-8 because to me, it's the most ridiculous vehicle that's yeah. ever been re- introduced in all of Ghostbusters. Because it's like for all intents and purposes, like a houseboat or something that yeah. just. But what's funny is if you look at it, it has the full complete roof rack from the Ecto-1 replicated yeah. on top of it. The tanks, the radome, like everything. And you're like. Well, did they really like when they were running on the boat, were they going to use the same equipment? Like we've never really seen them use this equipment inside the car yet. They needed to have all of it on the boat too. on the boat. Right. Like (laughs) it's very weird, but yeah, yeah, there you go. Let's, let's, let's get a boat company. Like that would be another great thing. Let's get a boat company, sell an affordable Ecto Marine, Marine Ecto eight. That's yeah. It's either (laughs) that or let's just race to become the first guys to make an Ecto boat. Everybody else can fight over their cars. We'll go make our Ecto boat. Well, I will ask you this. I'll ask you this to kind of bring us back to collections for a second. Um, You 
have now processed through a lot of your collection because you were liquidating a bunch of it. Um, still working on it, but yeah, I, yeah, I know it. you're still working on it. Um, was there anything you found in your collection that you were surprised that you had or that like you went, why do I have this? <laughs> like, <laughs> why do I have it or why does it exist? Either. Like just because, well, there, there's well, I mean, by the very nature of what I was trying to do, there's a lot of why do I have this? Like yeah, I, uh, I had I had two of the four series one Kenner Ghostbuster guys. Yeah. And I've I've loved having them for years, but I also then realized I'm not going after the other two. Like, and why do I have this? Right. I'm not an RGB guy. And so I sold them. Um, so I guess your question. Yeah, I guess you're probably right. The question is more like, why, why does, does this, this exist? exist? Yeah. Uh, and it, it, you know, like I say, the ashtray was one like what? And I, I recognize it's a sign of the time. Everybody was smoking yeah. like chimneys in the early eighties. So sure. I get it. But I'm like, that's weird. Like, I can't think of too many movies that have ashtray collectibles. Uh, but Hey, they did smoke in the movie. So I guess yeah. another one is I have, um, uh, a spoon. Uh, you know collectible <laughs> spoon like like the little silver spoon with the yeah, it's got yeah. the ghostbusters logo and i have one of those i've had it for years I, that one i, I don't think i knew that existed it. yeah um but i have it and it's lovely it actually needs a polish it's, it's uh, getting pretty well tarnished but i look at that all the time going why and i can tell that it, it came from <laughs> roughly that same period of time in the you know between the two movies the first two movies merchandising was just kind of weirdly random um it was never done as a like you think it'd be a real ghostbusters thing but maybe the people went that's too much for kids we just want to like i have no idea why like who sat down and said grandma needs a ghostbusters sugar spoon like what (laughs) or did they think ironically that they were gonna you know have a 10-year uh marketplace as like a Coke spoon or something like that. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't understand why it exists. And like I said, I, it is it's 100% silver. It is completely like if your grandma has the, the Montana spoon and you know, right. all that it is, it is one of those types of spoons. It just has the Ghostbusters logo on it. It's official and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why you exist. Like, yeah, I, I got down to a couple of things in mind where I went, um, like I know that one of the weirdest things I have in my collection is actually newer. Um, and it's something that came from the 2016 movie. And there are a few promotional items that ghost core put out that I just didn't know existed at the time. And then when I got them in my collection, I went really. And one of them is the ghostbusters nail file. Like it's an yeah. enamel. Em- it's like an, an emery board that says ghostbusters on it. And it was like, we're marketing a movie for women. And we're talking about empowering women and feminism. What's a good handout? I know. Thanks for doing your nails. I was like, wait, what? Like, who didn't yeah. think through this? Like, this is this doesn't achieve any of its goals. Like, <laughs> it well, just seems like a weird look. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things where it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall for the marketing meetings on that one because it's not like that movie set out to like reverse society beauty norms or anything like that right. so that was that was 100 percent where a marketing group went it you know the whole idea is hopefully the movie will not just appeal to dudes that women will show up more and if we're doing that that we can merchandise more stuff to them i mean that's why the 
they ended up on the cover of L and stuff like that. Right. Like, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the 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 Emery board is a lot like like that ecto soap kit you talked about or the right. <laughs> the real Ghostbusters toiletry kit you could get as a kid. It's so um, funny you said that because that's the other one I thought of, like the yeah. shaving kit. That's like a fake shaving kit for kids, but that, that existed was, for so many things. Like that was a so thing, many, right? Yes. Like, and that's the other thing. Like a lot of it is also age based too, right? Like our era based. So we're sitting here now going like for the ashtray, I'm going, the ashtray is weird. Although right. in 84, it wasn't as weird because smoking no, was all over the Smoking place. was real. Yeah. You would go to, um, you go to theme parks in 84 and go to like a six flags yeah. And that was a thing like at the, you know, oh, what are you going to get? Oh, I'm going to get my my T-shirt and also my Six Flags ashtray with all of the Looney Tunes characters on it. OK, cool. Yeah, Sounds precisely. great. <laughs> like, uh, so the Emory board then in a lot of ways uh, reminds me of, yeah, the toilet kit. But there was two different ones. Like <clears throat> one was the pretend shave kit. And that was yeah totally a thing at the time there. Every every brand had had that. Um, but there was also one that was 100%. Here's your toothpaste and your yeah. real Ghostbusters toothbrush and you can brush your teeth. Um, although to tie into all that, that at exact same time, you could buy your kid the, you know, the, the, the Slimer toothpaste and real Ghostbusters toothbrush <laughs> and then go to the corner star and buy the Slimer <laughs> toothpaste to bubble gum. Right. <laughs> which was also a thing. You could get bubble gum in a tube because people were like, you know what I don't like in my gum? Uh is that it has any solidity to it at all. I need it I need it to be completely mushy in my mouth. I need it to be uncomfortable and awkward to try to chew it enough that it turns into bubble gum. And I need it so that in order to get that consistency, if it is left on the shelf for more than three weeks. It will start to separate into its base part. We should just be glad they didn't release Ghostbusters Paranormal Chew, right? We didn't get like the big league chew equivalent. Oh, that would have been awesome. <laughs> big league chew would have been amazing. Like a Ghostbusters big league chew would be fantastic. But when uh, you think about what big league chew is, it's disgusting. It's vile. It is also it's basically a, fake tobacco dip. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's, what it it's is. actually it's a it's an awesome gum. And then, yeah, and you stop and think about it, it's like. Um, <laughs> we got rid of candy day, cigarettes years ago, but you can still yes, buy yourself some big precisely. <laughs> I was I was explaining to one of my nieces she uh, that you could get uh, pretend cigarettes as a kid in three different forms. You could either get the Popeye candy stick. Yeah, they call them candy. She was and she, it actually came up because she got like I think it may have been in the wake of Halloween. Because I know to this day you can still get the the little tiny cardboard boxes of Popeye candy sticks with mm -hmm. like a couple of sticks inside it for Halloween, and she was like, "Why is it red on one end?" And it was like, "Oh, that was the lit end of your cigarette." And she was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Yeah, all they had to do is change the name was to candy sticks instead of candy cigarettes." And but they never stopped. It's no, and the weird part is they never stopped dipping it in the the red the red uh, dye. Right. We, like you think they could have cut that out and went. Save some money there. Uh, you could get that. You could get the bubblegum cigars. Like a full-blown size. Yeah, yeah. Just a chunk of bubblegum. But it was 100% yep. shaped like a cigar, complete with the little paper band around it. And then you could get yourself the box of uh, gum sticks wrapped in paper with a little bit of um, 
cornstarch. Yeah. And if yep. you went, it looked like it, it was, you were smoking. And she was, she was horrified that children were buying <laughs> this back then. I'm like, I was buying those from an ice cream truck was drove past what, my house. Exactly. <laughs> what can you do? Uh, but yeah, big league chew is the same thing. It's like all the, all those gums had to like change and big league chew is like, now we're still no. 100% <laughs> pretend tobacco. Sorry. <laughs> No, everyone's forgotten um, about dip except for in particular places, so no one cares. But without yeah, question, exactly. that's what this is: is chewing tobacco. Every, every other place they equate, they, uh, they equate big league chew with like um, hubba bubba bubble gum tape. Like it's just <laughs> a weird format. It's just gum in a weird format, but it's supposed to be pretend tobacco. No, bubble tape not. was yeah, a weird gum format. Six feet of bubble gum for you, not them. <laughs> no, Thomas just had one the other day. Still a thing. Still going. Hey, I'll say this but about yes. bubble tape. My mom would use bubble tape to make little bandanas yeah. and she'd make Ninja Turtle cupcakes. And so she would just take the bubble tape yeah. and cut it into strips and the colors she would buy grapes, she would buy, you know, whatever blueberry. Yeah. And yeah, so she just buy all Your the colors awesome. that matched the, the Ninja Turtles. So bubble tape for me has a lot of nostalgic value. I liked uh, this is not a Ghostbusters product, although frankly, they might as well have. It was uh, gum in tape format. But it fed into a little device uh, that you could turn this little knob and then press down on a button. And what you were doing was you were pressing letters like a typewriter into the, okay. the gum tape so you could make little gum messages for your friend. <laughs> um, it was it was a great idea. Practically, it was ridiculous. But like, I just love the idea of pressing little messages into gum. Yeah, let's get uh, yeah, that for you, Ghostbusters. That's, you could have slapped it. To be honest, you could go down to. Well, here's the other thing. There's the 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 little candy or not candy, but little plastic toilet bowls with the candy powder in it and the plunger mm -hmm. lollipop. Uh, in a world with uh, the 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 real Ghostbusters fighting a haunted toilet, that one should have been made. <laughs> the haunted toilet as a candy thing that should have been done easily. Yeah. That would have been good. Um, Slimer gumballs should have been made. They never did that, but they definitely should have. Um, hell, I've I'm, still to this day don't understand this. And this is a good like way to kind of bring our con our conversation about weird products to, uh, I guess, to a, a wrap up a little bit. Um, we didn't find we is, didn't find as many as we thought, did we? No, I don't think we did. But I think what we figured out is that, that like we we embrace some of these weird things because we expect them. I think it's because of the saturation of Ghostbusters. Like it's, there's, yeah. it's, it's been put on everything. I mean, it's been put on literally everything that you could buy. Like, I mean, even if you wanted to buy, like just, just to do like weird, the weirdest things, like to me in the end were things that were incredibly high end. Like yeah. you could buy $600 sneakers from Bape. <laughs> like, and it's like, yeah. who is that for? Like, you know, or like the fact that the, the Ghostbusters 2016 hats that everybody talks yeah. about, like, the new era hats. Most people forget that those were a tie in with Nas, like yeah, the rapper exactly. who like, designed a bunch of those hats. So it's like you could really get like we there is I think yeah. we covered some of the weirdest things that like, you know, are kind of like there's garbage weren't. bags that someone branded. But like they were you know. they weren't great hats. I uh, I got one of those <laughs> Nas hats uh, and I don't know how much designing he did because it was the Ghostbusters logo embroidered, but in all black red. Yeah. Uh, and then on a black hat, a fantastic hat, but it got, it got, it got all sweaty one day. So I put it in the, the hat thing and threw it in the wash. And that's where I found out that instead of 
shelling out for a heavy duty cardboard or a plastic mm-hmm. rim, he had a really crappy. So he came out and it was just sort of like, burp. Yeah. I looked like Gomer Pyle, United States Marine Corps, when I put it on. That so. hat, though, that hat is coveted, though, because that is Uncle Dan's hat. Because that's the hat that Dan Aykroyd wore for a real long time when he was talking about Ghostbusters stuff, the black yeah, on black hat. it was hat. a great hat. So it, it looks I have, great. I have one, and I've had several people try to offer me money for it because they're like, I need Uncle Dan's hat. But yeah. <laughs> I, had the, I had the one that was tan and that had the fake leather brim and right. had Venkman on this, like it was called the side patcher, and I brought it to FanFest and put it in my bag, and that destroyed it. The brim just completely just be, being in a backpack with other items yeah. Just tore and ripped. So you're not wrong. You were not a, well made. I have but. a. I put it some, it's somewhere here in my office, but I, the hat was useless. So I carefully cut off the embroidered uh, logo. Yeah. And my dream is someday I'm going to just find a nice black cap. Black and hat. I'm just going to stick yeah. it back on. <laughs> so That's all this I need. is the this is the question then. Sure. Given everything you've liquidated so far, given right. everything you know that you've already gotten rid of. Yeah. What's is there anything left? Is there anything like you still so don't much. have? Like I don't mean anything. Is, is there anything left in your collection to get rid of? I mean, oh. is there anything that you don't have that you still think that you need? Like, is there uh. something that has not been produced? Like, I know what one of I know everybody oh. knows this. That one you of mine is the Ecto one, but like, yeah, like everybody knows that I want an Ecto one and well one twelve size because it's I talk about it repeatedly yeah. and it's never been done. But like leaving that aside and the other one I'll put aside that I've talked about a bunch and I really do want if anybody from fun costumes is listening. I literally put this in your CEO's comments like the other day when he said, what does people what do people want from Ghostbusters? Here's what you should be making fun costumes. I need a set of mini puffed lawn gnomes. I need to buy them in bulk and I need to put them all over my yard. Why haven't you made this yet? So not those two things, because I just want, I already said those. <laughs> like, but uh, oh, I'm down with that. Mini puff lawn gnomes would be fantastic. That'd be awesome, right? Like that would be just great. Fantastic, and it's a given. Like I mean, we live in a world where people are making unlicensed, uh, like Star Trek lawn gnomes yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So I have those. licensed Ghostbusters ones could be a given. Actually, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, even actually, even lawn gnomes wearing proton packs would be I okay, but I want mini puffs. The, you but. should be able to get the mini puffs, and you should be able to get little garden gnomes dressed up as Ghostbusters to go fight them. That would be yeah. And then one that's actually um, injection mold uh, tempered glass. So instead of a little concrete painted gnome, you can have a little uh, ghost. Yeah, gnome yeah. Or something see through clear. That'd be that would be awesome. And um, you can put a little like little um, light underneath him. Like one of those little, like, uh, you know, the little solar lights that you use to spotlight things. Yeah. And you can stick it underneath when he would glow. That would be awesome. See, fun costumes. If you're listening, you, make you, you make products. You have a license. Make those. <laughs> <laughs> um, stuff that, uh, boy. I don't know. I mean, remember my, my head shifted over the last few years to, and I'm still debating a couple of it. So. My walls now, I have the Ecto display, I have the Stay Puft display, and I have the Slimer display. And then I realized I have quite a bit of either little object collections. So I have a lot of records. I have a lot of Ghostbusters vinyl. 
and I love those, but I'm also, and like some of them are just great, but at the same time, I'm like, am I a vinyl guy? Am I supposed to be chasing down the stuff I don't have? <laughs> um, and I have quite a few things that are just of the Ghostbusters logo. And part of me is now debating, like, am I supposed to make a, a fourth display area that is nothing but just logo, logo items? And that one I'm debating about quite a bit too i don't know but but given that i have all that stuff it feels like you know like i have a box of caffeine you know it doesn't have the marshmallows in it anymore but remember the caffeinated stay puff yeah yeah beautiful box i kept the box um the marshmallows were so so like in a world where they made caffeinated marshmallows or you know key lime slime filled twinkies <laughs> actually in a world where they made build a bear ghostbusters like what yeah. is left speaking of weird items right like because there yeah. was a slimer build a bear and then there was a yep. like a moogly build a bear yep. but they were and both there was a bear bears slimer was yeah. slimer and the moogly was a bear Ugh, that was a weird one yep um but again that's perspective wise i'm like i don't why i don't know i don't understand and i think I no and part slime. of that too I is I like i can't even make i can't even make but no i'm, I'm like Hello, Slimer. I can see him up there, and I got the proton pack <laughs> for, that was supposed to go on the the the, the Moogly Bear. I have he has a proton pack, and he's up there. So I was about to ask. It's a perspective thing. I don't understand who's this for. It's for you, idiot. You bought one. All right. <laughs> he's up on well, the show. Well, I think this too. Well, I think I, I think that kind of like fandom and collecting. I think it's kind of like taste buds, and it's kind of like Doctor Who. And I always like that when the Doctor regenerates on Doctor Who, the Doctor yeah. forgets what food the Doctor likes. It's like they yes. always like they showed this when like Matt Smith became the doctor and it was like he's sitting there just trying to eat something and everything he tastes he suddenly hates and he's trying to like like find stuff and eventually eats fish fingers and custard and thinks they're good together because yeah for whatever reason but he's like I have new taste buds and the reality is like we all get new taste buds in our mouths like every seven years or something so by the time you get to your like you're 42 you're on your sixth set of them and you're still the same person right you're still the same DNA you still have the same experiences. You haven't like turned into a new, like you're going to, you don't have a whole new mouth. Like no. that mouth has eaten all that food before, but your tastes change. Right. And it's kind of like, I think the way that you look at some of the products and stuff in your collection. Yeah. It's like, I, I needed to collect the WWE Ghostbusters crossover line when I bought it. Cause I was like, <laughs> I have to get them. They're the last set of Mattel figures that are going to use the Maddie collector proton packs. If I don't have them, what will I and now like they're here and I'm like, what do I ha I'm not like I like wrestling. I listen to a wrestling podcast, but I'm never going to display these like I'm never going to be like, hey, here's my wrestling display of Ghostbusters yeah. figures, which again, another weird crossover product. But like, so I don't know, uh -huh. like, I, I think you're right. It's about it's about subjectivity, but I think it's also about lived experience. You get to a point where you realize you don't need the things that you like had liked before. You're not as into them as you were, you know? Yeah. So. Or you realize that you've gotten to a point where you have so much, you cannot appreciate all of it. Properly. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big reason why I'm unloading this stuff. I love the real Ghostbusters stuff as a cartoon, but like I said, I landed in the franchise with the first movie. So the real Ghostbusters for me were more delightful in that it was a continuation of the franchise. Not that I, was super into them and some people are super into them. So for me, I'm like, I should just anything real ghostbusters. I should unload. Like there's no reason for me to hold on to it unless it's a stay puff or a slimer, uh, or an ecto. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think more for lack of a better term, crypto 
band stuff would be good. Yeah. Because Ghostbusters stuff is always overt. And again, and that's by design. If you're going to license something Ghostbusters to somebody, they want it to make a splash. Right. Um, so I have a notebook. Um, you know, so the big thing right now is for business purposes, your notebook, you have one of those uh, eight and a half by um, five and a half notebooks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are lined. Some of them are, um, you know, gridded. I prefer the gridded. That's just me. Uh, dot gridded, not line gridded. Yeah. That's just me. Um, I haven't opened it up and I don't want to open it up because I can't see me using it for business purposes. What I end up getting is I just go to the store, the stationary store, and I get myself a proper business one with a blank right. cover, you know, a black or whatever. Uh, currently, I have a red one. That was my concession to Ghostbusters was they don't make <laughs> green, a green slime green one. So, so I took the red one. Um, but the one bef- that, or maybe the one before that, before that, was I found it in a discount at the the big big box bookstore. We have uh, you have Barnes and Nobles. We have uh, Chapters right. Indigo, um, and in a discount bin or whatever, I pulled it out and it was a um, Hunger Games. It was a district branded, and it was uh, like a you know the the thin pressed leather, so you know mm-hmm. pat- patented leather or whatever the hell you want to call it with the embossed district logo on it. Right. So there was no coloring. There was no labeling. There was no logoing. It didn't say Hunger Games on it in big words. Right. It just had the district number stamped into it. And I think that may be why it was in the discount thing, because because it didn't say Hunger Games, nobody knew what right. the hell it was. So I bought it cheap, and I was great. it was great. I wasn't a huge Hunger Games fan, but I was like, cool notebook. I think Ghostbusters could use that. We could use some, you know, some business swag that has a little nod to Ghostbusters in it, but isn't screaming Ghostbusters. Because <laughs> you still need to sit down and make an impression to people. That, you don't yes, uh, You don't want a briefcase and, it, and caution stripe patterns, but you do want no, a briefcase. I don't even want a briefcase. <laughs> no, I know, but like uh, but yeah. I don't I don't need I don't need my laptop backpack to look like a proton pack, you know. But right. you know, at the same time, uh you know, a a, a, a distressed khaki gray laptop backpack that then sure. has like a little little one inch caution striping tag sewn into it or something like that yeah subtle i think i guess is what i'm going for uh there's Maybe a, time has and a, a place small for- little black with red lettering stewart customized oh, yeah that'd be fantastic it. right but um <laughs> um actually I like you that know idea. what now that you mention it, uh, and this would be weird, but I, I think a lot of people think it's cool because I know a, a bunch of people have started making them too, is Sony needs to strike up. Sorry, they did. And it, what ended up was not what we had in mind. So uh, <laughs> the the company that's just about to put out the the biker style jacket. Oh, yeah. With, with the big Ghostbusters thing on the back. I was like, that's nobody's ever going to buy one of those and then turn it into a battle, a battle jacket, right? Like, <laughs> uh, you know, cause I think it's, it's not a vest. I don't think, I think it still has the arms. So nobody's yeah, going to take the arms off it. It has the arms. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's going to spend 275, whatever the hell it is. It's, it's right. expensive. 
tear the arms off and and then you know start slapping on other patches what's needed is uh, i don't know they need a company to just offer up um uh you know because it's it's incredibly hard to find those denim jackets anymore and i haven't found a suitable substitution because when you go looking for khaki colored ones because i was like oh that'd be cool to make a ghostbusters battle vest but you make it out of khaki colored uh, right. uh, denim rather than, uh, you know, distressed blue jean or black or whatever. Or even sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe black? No, because the only people making them are fashion houses and <laughs> they want money for them. And I'm like, I just need like a workers level, like heavy denim vest or jacket that I can turn into a vest. And so that'd be one. Like, it'd be nice if somebody yeah. and that's one where you could 100 percent. I could see licensing it and selling it yeah and it comes with uh the patch the name patch is empty but they put the patch the black patch right there ready to go right so you it is a ghostbusters item it has the good and then you can maybe put the logo you know maybe just at the top between the shoulder blades or something yeah, now like, like that. you could i'm like bizarrely envisioning like a carhartt or dickie's like workwear licensing agreement I've, yeah. where it's like get Dickies a jacket right right get yeah. a vest yeah like and you could get it in different weights because that's what's like what's funny to me is like i have a spirit halloween jacket that is essentially a, a knockoff of that right it's like the a costume jacket that is polyester but it mm. has a work patch it has a logo patch on the back and the phone number and then it has a space for a name tag where it comes with the four different yeah. ghostbusters name tags and it's got an arm patch on the side and it's got a like 24/7 you know 20 that, you know call us anytime like little patch on the right side and I'll wear that out in public and people will go oh it's a cool jacket where did you get it and for me to look at somebody like out at a bar and be like spirit halloween it's kind of it's just a little weird like i'm currently wearing a halloween costume you just didn't perceive it as that and so like if if you can do yeah. like high-end fashion denim because there is i can't remember who it is there's a company that does um the a whole line of like ghostbusters denim jeans and jackets that are like 175 dollars yeah. or something there's the bull airs jacket that's out too that's like t- covered in patches but like the denim stuff I don't know. I don't remember what the name of that company is. And I, I know it's not naked and afraid. I know that's a show on <laughs> discovery channel, but I feel like something naked like that, is in though, their name it? or something. Yeah. So I'm going to forget this. Somebody's I'm not, they're not going to sponsor the podcast. That's for sure. Uh, but <laughs> like, there's, you know, there's a few items out there that are like that, but they tend to be higher end fashion items rather naked, than naked and famous. Here we go. So not naked and afraid, just nope. naked, and fa- and it, naked and confident and famous. <laughs> it's the it's the Ghostbusters capsule collection. Well, but, I don't know here. So naked and famous, yeah, jeans. And there's nothing particular. They've got a naked and famous with real Ghostbusters. So you know where the like the Levi's that little leather yeah. name patch on the belt loop. They have naked and famous ones with various art. One's a real Ghostbusters jean. Another is like a an illustrated Slimer, but it is not real Ghostbusters. Um, and they have like a little moogly on them somewhere. But like to yeah. me, that is not. But that doesn't speak to me. Like to me, I'm like, I don't no. want to spend a lot of money on a pair of jeans. But if you gave asked me to spend like 75, 80 bucks on like a, a work jacket <laughs> that already had good patches on it, I'd probably yeah. buy that. Yeah. Well, they, have, cool they have two club jackets, denim club jackets. Um, one has the 
the logo on the back. I ain't afraid of no ghost. Yep. Uh, and then the 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 giant logo, which is cool. But again, nobody's going to buy that and then take the arms off it. And then the other one has a right that Slimer and the, the weird Slimer and a hot dog illustration one that's on there. Yep. Um. Oh. Yeah, I'm looking at that now too. See, it's maybe it's regional because here it redirects me to Tate and Yoko, and it yeah, tells me that I can buy the jacket for $144 USD. Okay, but only thinking? in size small. If I want to buy it in my size, it's out of stock, and I can't buy it. So, 140 is still too much. <laughs> yes. So agreed. that's what I want to see is a branded thing that it's not about fashion. It doesn't have to be. I don't know. Maybe it's easier to do fashion stuff than. At the end of the know. day, though, this is this is the thing, right? Like, if the market won't offer it to us, we've always, as fans, just gone out and made it, right? So yeah, that's already, why I've talked it up for years. So how cool it would be to have battle vests, and I know that two or three people out there have started making their Ghostbusters battle vests, and they look fantastic. Hey, I already talked this up, but you know, for folks who need uh, patches for battle vests, GB fans hooked up my Extraplasm patch pretty quickly, so I got. I'm getting I have my new my new last name patch for my uniform and I want to do a, a jacket. I said I want I'm like I want an actual jacket that isn't a spirit Halloween jacket. And so I got an extra plasm patch. So, yeah. Um, wow. Somebody in Etsy has started a battle vest. They want $600 Canadian <laughs> for it. Oh, well, now we found what you need. That's the thing you clearly yeah. need now is not just a vest, I, but a battle 100%, vest. I, I think I need to follow through on this thing because. Because the thing about a battle fest, battle vest too, and I think this is why the Ghostbusters community really needs it, is we all know we're Ghostbusters fans, and that's the root of these battle vests is that it starts with Ghostbusters, and but we can put whatever we want on it. Like I have Buckaroo Banzai Blue Blazer regular patches that I want to slap on it as well, right? Like I want to, I want to fly my other Ghostbusters, <laughs> not Ghostbusters, my other uh, fandom freak flag yeah. as well on this thing, right? Um. You know, and I also kind of want to problem solve how to make a really cool big ass patch on the back. And what would it be, right? Like, there's the thing. That guy that did that illustration, and I think some shirts got made, but the the Slimer, not Slimer, the Stay Puffed skeleton that was yeah. done like tattoo style. Yep. The the fact that that's not an uh like even even not that you can't even get it as like a a uh, silkscreen patch with the embroidered edges affixed to a vest. Like the fact that you cannot buy that boggles my mind because that thing was 100% <laughs> made <clears throat> to be on the back of a, of a denim vest. I'll tell you one piece of merchandise. I know that I definitely need. Okay. Um, I need a new cross rip t-shirt. <laughs> so when will the cross sure. rip merch store be reopening? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'll talk to Troy about that. Actually, maybe it's time to we'll figure out another one and put it out there. You know what? I just thought of the one product because I actually talked to some people about it. Um, and then uh, because uh, I just talk a lot of hot air sometimes and nobody listens to me. Uh, <laughs> months later, Marvel jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, but I remember at a time saying, so there's a, an app you can get called run zombies. Okay. And what it is, is it's an interactive audio narrative app that's tied into the, the, the iPhone's, uh, map ability. So what it is, is for runners to go out running, but the okay. thing, the, the thing 
the the initial premise is it's a zombie apocalypse and you're running right. for your life sort of thing and it'll do things like oh there's a zombie swarm coming you know turn left up here so you turn left and you run a different way and they're like if you can get to here i'll give you this thing and so it's an interactive audio radio right. play while you run and i said can you imagine doing that but you're on the radio talking like you're chasing ghosts you're a ghostbuster right. chasing ghosts and on the radio you're talking to winston and, and ray right like and we actually have dan Aykroyd and ernie hudson <laughs> on there doing their little narrative bits and right if you can get to this location you can pick up pk meter all that sort of thing everybody's like yeah that'd be great Bzz. Now, if you go to that app, you can buy DLC with Marvel, and you can go on that's this little funny. Marvel superhero convention. That's what I want. I would like. I would like that to would see be a one cool of those. Thing. Yeah, I, someone did tell me about that, and I don't remember if it was you or somebody else, but I remember somebody I telling me about that game. I would pay money. And I was for like, that. oh, that's cool. I mean, I'm not a runner. I'm not going to be a runner, but um, no, I'll I'll drive in my car. Uh, <laughs> 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 just put it on the car on the bluetooth wow like, yeah cadet, okay cadet can if you can get to if you can get to fifth street by today we'll give you a pke meter and i'm just like driving down the street there you go like, i'm gonna stop i'm gonna stop and get a slurpee on the way <laughs> yeah uh i don't know i mean i don't think we've hit anything too weird yet like I say, uh, over the years, things like the scratch tickets kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. But I mean, that's just a me thing. The, the, the supplements I think are really weird, but that's just a me thing. Right. Um, but I don't think we've ever, and all the weirdest stuff was never official. So no, you know, I know the world has, uh, just because they make porn parodies of everything else, I know the world has Ghostbusters porn parodies. I, uh, yeah, you know, I know that uh, you know there's knockoff. Well, not even knockoffs. Fans have made some weird stuff over the years, but they're a fan and they kind of wanted a thing, mm-hmm. so they manifested it. So how weird can it be if a person wanted it? And generally, they share it online, and there's at least a few people that go, "That's cool. I wish I had one." So you know, what's what's too weird, like? I would say my last like, thing I would say is too weird. Honestly, like I'm thinking about this now. There is yeah. a line. It's an unlicensed line of Ghostbusters handguns. That yeah, are right. Like very weird. But again, that's not licensed. It's not something no. the Ghost Corps was like. Yeah, let's let's make a bunch of Glocks. <laughs> like it was not something that they thought of. It was that somebody was like, we already sell guns. How could we sell them to a Venn diagram of people who like pop culture and guns? And <laughs> I mean, I think we can we can imagine it. like if one day we we you know the news came around and it was like a line of licensed uh, Ghostbusters, you know, maternity breast pumps, and you're kind of like. <laughs> And somebody might go, yeah, moms can be Ghostbusters fans, too. And it's like, yeah, that's why you sell them, like, you know, maternity clothes with Slimer on it. I Do you really need the breast pump? I don't. For pumping well, ecto-milk cadets. Oh, boy. Just... Yeah. You know, like, Cialis gets a license to make a. We used to sell little let's, blue pills. Now you can buy little green pills. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. They're muncher themed. <laughs> Oh god! Yeah, so you can still get—they come in original blue with a little printed muncher face on it, and or Slimer green with a little Slimer face. Oh boy! I don't know. 
We will we'll just hope we don't get to there. But I do appreciate that we took the time to kind of to I don't know, it, was, it was just a fun conversation to kind of think about all go. the weirdest stuff that we've seen, uh, you know, yeah. over the course of like a long period, of, like was several decades of just watching Ghostbusters get printed on things. And if we get Ghostbusters apples, I mean, yeah. maybe that's maybe that'll be the thing we get next. Is we're going to see the Ghostbusters apples in the supermarket. But well, if we know anything you know, about Ghostbusters podcasting, is you and I will end this. You will post it, and two days later, somebody will announce a Ghostbusters <laughs> item, and we will be like, "This is the weirdest, weirdest thing, GD thing we've <laughs> ever seen," and and we just missed it. <laughs> well, um. Before we wrap up, is there anything else you want to add about the new movie, about the cross rip? Anything you want to talk about to sort of wrap this up? Um, uh, that we no, haven't covered? not really. Um, I mean, the cross rip, um, the Halloween mix will be coming out soon. And Troy and I are talking about finding another time to, um, you know, uh, the toy fair is just going on or just ending as I think it's this weekend. It ends, isn't it? It started uh, last week. It goes through to today, I think. I think so. I, I don't know. If, is it a week long or is it just a weekend? I wasn't sure. But. I don't know. And I, there's been a, a couple of posts about, you know, the Stay Puffs were there, or the Mini Puffs were there, but I haven't heard yeah. too much coming out of it. But, you know, we're still in kind of a lull. The push of the movie back into the next year. I mean, that's ultimately what it'll come down to is Troy and I yeah. are not in a rush. We'll give it a bit more breathing space. And then when we have time, we'll kind of catch up on all the news and, you know, what's coming up next year. and. Yeah, not not really a lot of anything. Cool. Well, people, I mean, people should definitely check out your Halloween episode for sure. Because that's always that. fun. Well, um, I keep swearing that one of these years I'm going to go back through the old ones and, and maybe build one giant mega mix. I don't know if that's this year. I don't think so. If you do that, the place to do it that seems to be the place to do it these days is you just do that on YouTube. That's what, like, it's weird, but like, oh, I keep finding. Run? Yeah, like, it's just, I keep finding, Um, I don't know what it was the other day. I saw like, um, TV sins, for instance, has a video that's like everything wrong with Rick and Morty, all of it. And they just took like every episode they've ever done of everything right. wrong with, with Rick and Morty episode, season four, episode one, and just ran them all together into one eight hour video. And I'm like, that's an interesting concept. I guess you can like pause it, come back to it. It remembers where you were, you know? So if you did that, that's a way to do that it. Cause then people could just pick it up where they left off. But yeah, well, that'd be cool. But uh, I think this is my seventh or eighth, eighth maybe. So I'll get the, I'll get the the regular episode out, and maybe I'll make that uh throughout the coming year as I'll start hammering out a mega mix out of it. Because I also find I listen to the older ones to get inspired about the newer one, and as I'm listening to yeah. the older stuff, I think of stuff that I wish I'd done or done better or done differently. So yeah, maybe I'll come back and I'll touch all the old ones and make a better one. We'll, well, it is a definitive part of my Halloween season every year. Good. So I'm glad you're still I'm glad doing you it. Like so it. I too. Um, and yeah, I like I you. Keep doing it. Even if it's just for you, I'll keep doing it. You Thank can be you. the last person and I'll still make it for you. And for I, me. that that's very touching. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I genuinely do appreciate you. And it's good to catch up with you and talk with you for a bit. Yeah. Thanks for having um, me on. I thought this would be a short talk and, uh, you know, uh, as is, typical for me uh you and i babbled for two hours well done huh? we're very good at that we're good at we're good yeah. at talking so good job <laughs> i want to congratulate you on being good at talking so excellent work everybody yes <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks again chris we'll talk to you again soon and everybody go check out 
the Interdimensional Cross Rip podcast if you haven't already for some reason. If you don't know that exists and you listen to this podcast, go fix that problem. <laughs> Thank you again, Chris. Thanks, Talk man. to you again soon. All right. Bye. Take care. That about wraps things up for Extraplasm this week. I want to say one final thank you to Chris Stewart for coming on the show and also for being incredibly supportive of it. Uh, Chris has said a number of nice things on his own podcast, the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Cross Rip, uh, and, you know, reposted things via social media where you should be following him at Proton Charging on Instagram and uh, X or the network formerly known as Twitter. Uh, but to be serious, it's kind of nice to have the folks who inspired you to begin your own podcast feel that you're doing a good enough job to not only come on as guests, but then also tell other people to check it out and listen to the episodes that where they were guests or the other ones too. Uh, so thank you, Chris, for all the support. I also want to say thank you as usual to Brendan Pierce of Baducci Studios, uh, who provides our logo and the visual identity for the podcast. It would look a hell of a lot worse if it wasn't for the awesomeness that is Brendan. And I want to say thank you to Vaporwave artist Magnavox, who provides the theme song every week. And of course, to you uh, for listening. This podcast would have no reason to exist if folks out there were not listening to it. And it would be a hell of a lot more boring uh, if I didn't get to interact with many of you on a regular basis. So if you have something to share and I'm ready to believe you do, you can, of course, reach out to me at extraplasmpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can, of course, reach the podcast at Extraplasm on Instagram, Extraplasm on X and Extraplasm Podcast on Facebook, and now also on YouTube. Uh, if you are looking for the podcast on YouTube Music, it's not there yet, but it will be soon. In the meantime, you can find it on the channel. Uh, just go look for Extraplasm in your search bar on YouTube, and you can like and subscribe and ring the bell and do all the things that YouTube people do. Uh, but until next week, I just want to remind you the same thing that Ernie Hudson reminds us every week. Try to have fun and always. Keep on busting. Take care. <laughs>